Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. As well, friends and family, we chose this one. This episode 225, Furious 7, Lap 10. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And this episode's brought to you by Warner Brothers World Abu Dhabi. Welcome to Warner Brothers World Abu Dhabi, the first ever Warner Brothers branded indoor theme park. And uh, they also have an attached Warner Brothers hotel. Well, shout out to Warner Brothers World Abu Dhabi. I hope that they don't, I hope that Universal does not mind that we are plugging another studio, but. Yeah, but hey. don't they have like a weird kind of overlap at some points and some properties are I don't shared? Know. I can't, I can't keep track of all these corporate conglomerates. Yeah. Maybe. I, think, I don't know. Because when we went to Universal, they had some some Warner Brothers things, right? I don't know. Oh, yeah, like Harry Potter. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand. Anyway, after the break, we'll be joined by Brian Slumber Party Rodriguez to talk about Fury 7. But, Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last recorded? Um, Not anything too crazy, but I did um, begin... As you know, our Oscar catch-up party, which we usually yep. do. Um, so the Oscar noms came out yesterday on Tuesday, and um, I printed out. Had you seen any of the Best Picture nominees before? Because I don't remember. Dune. <laughs> That's it. Dune. Okay. Yeah. So, so pre- my sheet's pretty, pretty blank this year. I saw a couple of the animated ones, and um, I see your Mitchells versus the Machines is in here, so that's cool. Yeah, so um, I hadn't seen really any of the Best Picture ones besides Dune. So last night we went to go see Licorice Pizza, because as you know, like we try to see all of them. We try to see as many of them in theaters as we can. And um, I really liked it. I thought it was a good movie. I actually really, cool. really enjoyed it. Um, when we finished, Rachel just said, man, that was a movie. Um, I said I really liked it because like, I could relate to being a teenage shitbag uh, trying to make out with older women. That's pretty much sure. the premise of the movie, um, so I really, really enjoyed that part. It's kind of a polarizing movie, because people really? either love it. Yeah, I-, I loved it. Other people think it's it doesn't have a point, which is kind of true. People think it's a big step down from Phantom Thread, which is the last movie, which is also kind of true, but like, it's just kind of a hangout movie. Like, I think if you don't expect anything going in, if you just sort of like, hey, let's just like see what's up, Like, I think it's good. I think it's really good. So I think it was in my top 10 for last year, I think, so... I liked it a lot. Yeah, I I did too. I I really, really enjoyed it, so um, I'm happy that I watched it, and I'll just keep trudging along through them. Um, How about you? you, What are you up to? I had a big week. I know. First, we recorded the intro on Tuesday last week, because on Wednesday I had a concert. I went to see Muna. On Wednesday I saw I had a concert. I went to see a band called Muna in Asbury Park. Uh, Muna had a song that came out last year. I don't know if you know, but Silk Chiffon which Phoebe Bridgers sang on. So they opened for Phoebe when I saw Phoebe in October, September, October, whenever I saw her last year. Uh, so they were playing at Asbury Lanes. So it was like a cheap ticket. And I was glad. I always like when I can go see a concert that I don't have to pay like $30 and travel to get into New York City. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah, like yeah. drive 90 minutes to get to Philly. Yep. It was really fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the, the venue, there's like this whole history of Asbury Lanes. Like it used to be this really cool like punk rock venue. And then they got bought out. And then they sort of like restored it. But it's all like glossy and whatever. And just... I was never in the old one, but I have a lot of friends who like grew up going there and okay. hate the new one. So that's a whole thing. Yeah. But smaller venue, which was cool. So like, no, there's not really a bad, not, not that there were seats, but there's not a bad seat in the house. You could just sort of, you know, see and hear well from anywhere. So that was really cool. But then the big thing of the week was I went to Las Vegas, my first flight in more than two years. And Congrats. I How went was to that? see the. Thank you. It was fine. It was normal. Yeah. I mean, 
wear a mask. But like I, I've said before, since the pandemic, I don't think I'm ever going to fly again without a mask because I get sick every time I fly. And so I, I don't feel sick, which is good. Like not, yeah. not COVID sick, just like cold sick. Right? Yeah, Cause yeah, just, yeah. Just because you're in with a bunch of, you're in one tube with a bunch of people with a bunch of germs. So that's yeah. how it works. And there were no like uh, mask people who were like going crazy about like, I don't want to wear my mask or whatever. Like it was just, it seemed like a whole plane both ways full of people were just like, yeah, I'll just wear it. Like whatever. But yeah, I went for, out to Vegas for the NHL All-Star game because our company does some work with the NHL and they invited us out there for the All-Star game and the skills competition. Very so I cool. went out there and it was a blast. I was messaging you all weekend, sending some pictures and videos yep. and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to see it from the suite. So not to brag, but I was also like, it's so cool to see like I sent you a picture of like the crowd from above because it looks like the NFL games in Europe where it's just like there's no two people in two jerseys next to each other. Yeah. It's just all like all 30, 30, through 30 or 32 teams or whatever just represented. So a lot of fun. I mean, there was crazy stuff like you watched along, I think, most of it both times. But yeah. like this, the breakaway, the skills competition, like all that stuff was just crazy. I was I was telling you before you go that like I think that the skills competition is the highlight of the all-star game weekend i think it's a lot of fun and you get to see some personality there like the all-star game is like cool because you get to see players that usually don't play together and that's the interesting aspect of that they don't really do anything too too crazy right like they're they're like i mean they score a ton because it's the all-star game but it's not like well the game the cool thing about the game was to me because i knew nothing about like i haven't seen it like and i know that the nhl all-star game always would like mix it up like historically it was like east versus west then north america versus the world and this versus that or whatever so they they definitely have some they they've mixed it up a lot yeah so I think what was cool was the round robin where it's the four divisions and they face off like two face each other and the winners face off in the finals. And so like the good guys won Metropolitan, which has both your team, the Penguins, and also yes. my sort of team, like my, my team, but like I don't really follow hockey that much with the Devils. Yes. And so it was cool to see the good guys win. Mm-hmm. But I like the format of that. I was saying to you, like, I like that there's like no stoppages really. Like it was just like, no, let they're, him, 10 let minute, play. they're 10 minute halves they play. So it's like the game blows by real quick. Like yep. they do all three of them in what would take normally like one full hockey game right pretty much yes so that was a lot of fun so shout out to the nhl for inviting us out there like he they they invited my boss out there too but he couldn't go because it was his birthday and so i was just like no i'll for sure go thank you so much i would very much like to go but because i spent like 12 hours on a plane and a bunch of because i i I wasn't like out and about in vegas because like number one covid but number two like I, I don't really have places to go. Like, I, I have, like, restaurants. Like, I don't really gamble. Like, I have restaurants I would want to go to, but, like, there's food everywhere I went. So, like, I didn't need to go out and get food. So, I was like, I'll just, like, hang out in my hotel room. Like, that's fine. Like, I'm here for the game and for the skills competition. Mm-hmm. So, I just watched a bunch of TV. So, quick TV roundup because I'm just going to blow through it quickly. Finish Station Eleven. Okay. I think it ends really well. It just wasn't an ending that I really loved. The whole show is about acting. Did you see my tweet? Have we talked about this? Like, it's just all about acting. And I'm just the like, the show is cares? about I mean, acting during COVID because you said it was like a pandemic show. Well, yeah, it's a post pandemic show. So it like takes place in year zero and year one and year 20. And so in year 20, like, you're just following like this troop of actors and they're putting on stage productions. And like, it's just all about acting. I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. Like, it's, I was, I was talking to Wes a little bit about it after I finished it. And I was just like, I think it ends perfectly. And if you like the show, you're going to love the ending. But like, I didn't love the show, so I didn't really care about the ending. Okay. Is it a miniseries? Is it done? Like, are they going to... No, make- it's it's supposedly done. It's 10 episodes. Okay. It's one and done. Yeah. Other miniseries, Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Is it good? Ah, so I watched the four that are out. There's only eight. It's another miniseries. 
I would not recommend it. I don't know why it was made, really, Ugh, but I like weird. it, kind of. Okay. Like, it's just, if you're curious, watch it. Like, the f- entire first episode is about Seth Rogen, who plays the guy who stole and then sold the sex tape. Okay. And okay. then episodes two and three are, uh, two is, like, all about Pam and Tommy, like, meeting and getting married, and then three is kind of a blend, and, like, that's, I'm assuming, what's going to go on. So episode four came out today as we're recording, so I'm caught up on that. I would not recommend it, but, like, if you want to watch it, like, I think the performances are good. I don't know. But also, like, I'm not going to think about this after I'm done watching. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, like, that's... the weird thing about it, though, I don't think this is, like, gross or anything, but, like, the nudity is, like, not sexual. Like, there's a lot of nudity and both, like, you know, prosthetic dick, like, a huge dick for, for the guy who plays. So it's Winter Soldier who plays Tommy Lee. Yeah. And then Lily James from Baby Driver plays Pam. And they're both naked a lot because, of course. But, like, it's not sexy. And, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be or not, but, like, it's so heavily made up that it's just, like, Okay, like it's not, it's weird. It's like, I can't describe it. And like, I thought that there'd be like, it, it, I thought it'd be like a sexy show, but like it's not. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. a weird way to describe. Not that that's like a turn on or turn off, like you should watch it or not because of that, but I'm just like, they asexualized oh, a, a bunch of nudity in a show that should be about sexuality, right? Right. Because, like, you know, I think she's a great actress and she's super cute and I like her, but like, it doesn't look like her. Like, it looks like Pamela Anderson. I'm just like, okay, like it's, it's a weird, I don't know. So, like, even that, I'm just, oh, whatever. Okay. I don't know. Then I started watching Murderville on Netflix. Have you heard oh, of Murderville? I have. It's um the 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 Lego guy, fuck Will Arnett and a bunch yep. of people every time. Yes. I kind of don't know the premise. I know that it's just a bunch of people every time. Or is it like they're trying to solve a murder, or is it? So yeah, so it's a six episode. I don't know if it's a mini series or just season one. I don't know if it's going to get renewed or not. It could easily get. They could do it forever. But he is a detective. And the entire show is like a murder mystery. And each episode, he has a celebrity partner as, like, the, the detective in training. And they don't have the script. Everyone else has the script. And so they have okay. to figure out the murder and also just follow along in the story. Okay, so it's like, you know, murder, mystery, dinner, theater. But... Yes, but everybody else is in on it. It's just the one person trying to figure everything out. Okay, that's kind of cool. I like that. And it's really funny. So there's six. I've seen four of them. Uh, it is Conan O'Brien's the first one, and then Marshawn Lynch is the second yeah. one. Was he good? He was really good. I liked all four of them so far. And then the third one was oh god, who was the third one in Murderville? And the fourth one I just watched was your girl Alexis Rose Ooh. from Schitt's Creek. That's right. I remember seeing her picture on it. So okay, so it's cool. I'm, I'm gonna give it it's a cool. watch. It's cool. I recommend it. And like they're they're half an hour. They're really easy to blow through. Yeah. It's probably bingeable. Oh, three was Kumail. Oh, right. it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and then four was uh, her. Her the actor's name is Annie Murphy, but Alexis Roy was from Schitt's Creek. Like, I don't know that you would want to watch more than one in a row because like it's kind of the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay, so it get like redundant really quick if you're watching more than one. Funny, in a row. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like I'm watching one at a time, and then just like uh, you know later in the day or the next day or whatever, doing another one. But like, it's really like I really enjoy it. I recommend it, but I I don't know. It just feels like it could go on forever, but I don't know if I'd, I would personally want to see more than one. I don't know. Okay. I also started last night uh, the show Archive 81, which is a new show on Netflix. It's like a horror thriller suspense thing, which I'm only one episode in, but it's promising so far. And I also started Only Murders in the Building. Did you watch that on Hulu? No. With Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez? No. Where they're like, they all live in the same apartment building and they're trying to solve a murder that happens in the building of the pilot. And they have like, they create a true crime podcast about it. I've only seen two of the episodes so far. So it's all, what is this? <laughs> this, this feels like the, um, the superhero wave of TV, right? Like the, everything's a murder mystery right now. Everything's a murder mystery. Everything is a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's easy. I guess it's also like, maybe it's COVID safe. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. 
Because, like, each of these things, like, especially, like, in Murderville, it's just usually, like, Will Arnett and his partner and, like, the one person they're interviewing, right? And yeah. they all kind of come together at the end. So, like, you can kind of easily control each set. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel, like, weird and, like, constructed like that. But, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I watched Purple Rain. Yeah, nice. Which was good. Did you Have you seen that? Because we picked it for Film Club. We apparently wanted to do it, like, five years ago. We just never did. Have you seen that before no, or no? No, I've never seen Purple Rain. I've only seen the Chappelle show about Purple Rain and heard people reference Purple Rain. It's one of those that I, I always meant to see because, you know, I'll drown you in the waters of Lake Minnetonka and, like, all the lines yes. from it are super famous, but I've never seen it. It's good. I mean, it's not It's not a great movie, yeah. but it's good because the the album is, like, one of the best albums of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it's built around the best album. So it's just like, yeah, like you can't really make a terrible movie around it, but like, it's a weird, like in the, in the world, people hate Prince. Like people hate Prince's music. They're like, nobody's ready for that stuff. It's just like, okay. Like it's, you know, Purple Rain, like finished or, you know, not that song. Cause that's like the finale, but like he plays all these songs. And they're just like, yeah, nobody likes that. It's just like, what? In the world, like it's a weird thing to sort of get your mind around. I don't know, whatever. It's the movie like with where the guy makes the Beatles don't exist and he makes all the songs. Yes, yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. Which I think also Lily James is in that, I think, too. Actually, did you hear about the there's so these two people are suing the people who made yesterday for falsely advertising that Ana de Armas is in the trailer? Have, did you hear about this or no? No, what? So Ana de Armas is in the trailer for yesterday and she had a whole subplot that was cut out. And so these two people rented it on iTunes or whatever for like four bucks and they're suing, they're trying to get a class action lawsuit together against the studio or whoever for $5 million for falsely advertising that Ana de Armas was in yesterday, and they only oh, watched it for her. America loves a lawsuit, man. They do. Just give them their $5 back and tell them to shut up. And the only other movie that I watched that I want to make note of is one that Garrett Smith, fan favorite Garrett Smith, told me about. There's a movie on HBO Max now called Ricochet, which stars Denzel, which Ooh. came out in 91, and it's insane. He's a cop that becomes a detective and then the assistant district attorney. And he's just, he puts John Lithgow away as a criminal in the beginning of the movie. Okay. And then John Lithgow is out for revenge. And it's pretty insane. Garrett said that one of his friends and his like film friends group found it. And they all watched it this past weekend. And they're like, he's like, I can't stop talking about this movie. You should watch this movie. And so I watched it and I really liked it. Um, it's crazy. Like, it's not a good movie. Cause like, it's all like, none of this would, none of this makes any sense. And like, none of it really, like, if you think about anything, it's just like, oh, this, like, falls apart immediately. But, like, in the moment, it's just so crazy that I think you would maybe like it. Okay. But there's a, there's a podcast that came out, like, five or six years ago called Denzel Washington is the Greatest Actor of All Time, period, which W. Kamau Bell and Kevin Avery did. And so they did every day. Like, it's basically what we did, but they did, they did Denzel. And they talked about this movie. And the way they described it, which I was like, that's actually perfect, is that it's like a Will Smith action movie starring Denzel. Okay. So it's, like, kind of corny... Yeah. Okay. Like, there's a scene where he's, like, sprinting down the street in, like, a pink bathrobe with a pistol, just holding a pistol. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds very Will Smith. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So they call it, like, also, like, alternate reality Denzel. Like, it's all there, <laughs> but it's just, like, Denzel Washington, John Lithgow, Ice-T, Kevin Pollock. It's a weird, wild movie, but it's on HBO Max. It's pretty short. It's, like, an hour 45 or something like that. So if you want, like, a crazy 90s kind of cop, kind of detective, kind of law, kind of just insane whatever movie... You could do worse than the Ricochet. Yeah, sounds cool. So shout out to you, fan favorite Gary Smith for the recommendation. I thanked him already, but thank you again on air for Ricochet. But that's all I've done, which is too much. Talk too much. Anyway, we have a Patreon page. Too fast. Tooforever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, the aforementioned and upcoming Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Ooh. Party. 
Haley Gerbys, West Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato, D. Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Mon Tez. Thank you all for supporting us the $5 a month level or above. If you want stickers, handwritten notes, advanced access to episodes, a bonus episode we're dropping this weekend, this past weekend, as you're listening to the main feed about Friday Night Lights, the film <laughs> with Brian Rodriguez. Yes. Even a dollar in the month, dollar a month gets you in the door at too fast, too forever.com. We also have an email address, family at cageclub.me and Joe. Starting things off, new $5 patron, meet the kings of sports. Aww. So shout out to Nate Milton, who after our last episode, you know, he's like, he plugged our Patreon. Aww, and so he went so on and did cool. that. So I think what we're going to need to do, Joe, is I think we're going to need to repay the favor, which means that Patreon fair. is just like getting 50 cents from each of us or whatever. But we're going to have to support his Patreon and we can both reap the benefits of that. But shout out to Nate. I think we should subscribe to his Patreon for $6. Oh, let me actually see here. So the Kings of Sports, they have 172 audio, 28 videos. We don't do videos. They've got made possible by viewers like you. They got friends of the program. And they got two turntables tables and a microphone. And they got what you got on my 40, homie. <laughs> so they got four different tiers. So shout out to Nate. Kings of Sport Pod. Creating podcasts for the people at patreon.com slash the kings of sport. So just like Brian, we're, you're going to get free plug every one of our episodes. We're going to say Nate Mosaic of That's Nate really Milton, cool. Nate Mosaic of the kings of sport. So... Let me reset it again. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, West Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Ooh. and Jessica. Man, I'm I I can't. It's not too long. I can't do it in one you breath anymore. And Jessica practice. Collins, aka Montez. Thank you all so much for supporting the $5 a month level or above. Nate, your handwritten note and stickers are in the mail. By the time you hear this, well, maybe not. You might have it by the time you hear this. I don't know. They're on the way. You'll get them soon. So shout out to Nate for supporting us. Thank yeah, you thanks, so very Nate. much. He's the man, dude. So I'm truly appreciate it. Yeah, he just continues to amaze me. Then we have a YouTube comment on Machete Kills. Okay. Gene Toto says, Alo Laba. And I Google translated it, and Alolaba means Alolaba. So I don't know what it actually means, but Google Translate does not either. So Alolaba to you too, sir. Yes, exactly. Then we got a bunch of emails. We have three emails from Wes. They're all sort of shorties. And so this one, remember last episode, he emailed in about the clock in Japan. And he's like, I think it's a Christmas movie because of XYZ. Yep, yep, yep. He then says, I just realized the subject line should have been Tokyo Drift Miss. And I was like, pretty good joke. I like it. But then. Between last week and this week, he messages us and says, why didn't you read the second email? I was like, because we didn't get it in time. He's like, I said it on Wednesday. I'm like, we don't always record on Wednesday. So Wes always fucking things up. But thank you <laughs> for sending this in. It's a good joke. I like I, I saw one because he sent it at eight o'clock in the morning the day after we recorded. So I woke up and just like, ah, but we already recorded. So like, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, we got it now. Then he sent in another reply to that. He said, the driving montage where the clock is visible is the scene where Sean is being driven from the airport to his dad's house, which is what I thought, right? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I was just joking, saying he arrived in the 11th. I'm sure that was just when they happened to film that B-roll, and they foolishly assumed no one would look that closely and notice the dates don't match up. Makes sense. I was thinking you might actually be able to nail it down to October 7th, because I thought there were signs up for the beginning of their homecoming game, which would normally be September or October. But I just watched it and don't see anything about homecoming, so who knows? It could be December. That's pretty much what Arizona looks like in December anyway. Stay furious, Wes. 
Yeah, because it, it kind of feels like they're setting up for, like, homecoming, right? Like, with them all being in letter jackets outside, and, like, it's like a pep rally kind of, right? Yeah, and I feel like, and maybe I'm reading too far into things, but what's the point of a podcast or this podcast specifically if I'm not reading too far into things? Like, if Sean messes up in September, I feel like sending him to Arizona is, like, extreme. Like, I know that it's, it's extra, it's Japan. literally an extracurricular Japan. activity. Japan. What did I say? Arizona. Sending him to Arizona. Oh, send him to Japan. Yes. Sending him to Arizona seems fine, because that's where he is. Just go down the street. Yeah. But send him to Japan. I mean, no, it's an extracurricular activity. It's not exactly a school-related thing, but it feels like this has probably been building for, like, you know, it's like a, a, a build-up, and then the summer's kind of like a lull, maybe. You know, I don't know. Like, we're trying to – I feel like September, October, October, November might make sense. I don't know. It's It feels about the halfway point. I, I agree with you, because you're right. That would be a time where you'd be like – Look, like, we're not even putting you in another school here. We'll just send you out of the country, come back in six months type situation. Yes. Cool. Get, get some cooling off time. Although, I guess he never comes back, right? He just hangs out in Japan. Was it his senior year, and does he graduate? Like, we don't have any answers to that. Is he still in school in Japan when Dom arrives in... in uh... As a 30-year-old senior, and, and there as, like, a 37-year-old senior? Exactly. Wes also emails in about the line, Forget About It Ka, which is the name of his subject line. He says, What up, fam? What up, Wes? Regarding the infamous, I said, forget about a cut line. I don't remember if I heard this on Tyrese's Entertainment Weekly podcast. By the way, shout out, pour one out for Entertainment Weekly. Today they announced they're no longer doing the print version of Entertainment Weekly. That is sad news for journalism and for people. Like, it's the, I know specifically the people that I follow on yep. Twitter, but yep. like everyone, like all the journalists and all the writers and critics and everybody that I follow are in their orbit, like are all very sad that, because they all grew up on Entertainment Weekly, so... Yeah, and a lot of the people that we talk to, even specifically us, I'm sure, were very influenced by Entertainment Weekly for sure in their lives, yeah. So I think they're still doing the, the website and everything, but the print version is no more. But he said, I don't know if I heard this in his and Tyrese's Entertainment Weekly podcast or somewhere else, but if I remember correctly, he said either Paul said the line that way once by mistake or someone suggested it, but either way, his reading of that line made Tyrese and John Singleton laugh so much that he made Paul deliver it that way in every take. So he knew exactly how silly it sounded. That's partly why it stayed in Stay Furious Wes. Yeah, I'm, and that's why it's iconic, right? Because it sounds weird. I mean, even if like they were giggling at it, like it's something that just sounds weird to us. So that's why we remembered it so much. I don't want to jump ahead. We're going to get to it the minute in a, in a couple minutes. But there's another line that somehow I have never heard before that I made the title of this minute. Oh, yeah. That is oh, yeah. the craziest, again, like... <laughs> You know, something we didn't catch because it, fo- it immediately is preceded by um, forget about a cuh. Yeah. And your brain is just like, he couldn't have said that. Like, it's just like, what? Like, it's it's sort of like silly American girl likes to play with samurai swords. It's like silly white boy from L.A. thinks he can speak black, basically. Like, it just. Yeah. Brian is trying things in this in this these minutes. And it's just. <laughs> It's not really working. Now that I know the Entertainment Weekly story, I can definitely see John Singleton and Tyrese being like, oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. Do that again. Just making fun of him. Yeah, 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 you know? Like yeah. like an inside joke between those three to where like it's not like Paul Walker was doing anything maliciously. It's that they were laughing at him doing it and made him do it, right? Yeah, yeah. I also saw like when I when – I, this is neither here nor there, but we obviously love Paul. We love Brian. yeah. 
I saw a review of Furious 7 on Letterboxd last night that said the best thing that ever happened to the Fast and Furious franchise was Paul Walker dying. Oh, and I was Jesus. like, that's so mean and cruel and not funny and disrespectful yeah. all at once. Oh, God. It's just, and I'm just like dark and weird. <laughs> like, Why are you watching these movies if that's how you feel? Why are you writing that on the internet? I don't know. Like, you have to be like, 12 and just wanted to make a hot take for no reason on Letterboxd. It's really strange. Final email from Jerry, subject line 2022. Jerry Robinson. Hello, Jerry. What up, Jerry? How you doing, buddy? Says, hey guys, it's been a while since I wrote in, so I might as well do an update. First of all, I'm alive and boosted, LOL, and so is everyone close. Ileana's mom had COVID for two weeks, but besides a cough, she's fine, and now she's negative, so all good. We're just staying distant. Awesome. That's good to hear, buddy. Good to hear she recovered. Yep. He, said, uh, he says, I'm excited Momoa's in Fast 10, especially since he's now going to be taking... So he's now going to be on the market following his divorce. I met him a few years ago at SFO Airport, and he's a Wookiee, as what Lisa Bonet said. Kind and loyal, but don't piss him off. Oh, that's cool. Oh, by the way, I also speaking of Wookiees, I finished the book of Boba Fett today. Did you did you watch? Are you are you going to watch? Have you watched book of Boba Fett? <laughs> no, I have not. I may at some point. I am not stressed about it. There's two episodes where Boba Fett is not, and I don't know if this is blasphemous to Star Wars fans, because I feel like, you know, we had Baskas Brian Silliman, who loves Star Wars, yes. he has a Star Wars podcast, yes. and I've seen him tweet, I think about, like, he loves Boba Fett, and he likes the Boba Fett show, and he wants Boba Fett on screen, but there were two episodes of the season of Seven where Boba Fett was basically not in, and those were easily my favorite of the season. I think I think you're not the only person I've heard say that. I think because th- this is not my thought. This is just like common. Like people love Boba Fett because he was mysterious. Like he was in two scenes. He didn't talk. Yeah. Just like, oh, my God, who's that guy? And then like no no shade to the actor because he's doing a fine job. It's just like I don't care. Like, I mean, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I don't care about this guy. And like the story they're giving him is just like, OK. Also, we're just doing the fucking Mandalorian, bro. And the Mandalorian itself is great. Like I think Pedro Pascal's awesome. Grogu, obviously adorable. There's Boba Fett. I don't I don't know, man. Like, The Mandalorian was, like, pretty much the Boba Fett story, right? Like, I mean, not specifically Boba Fett, but that clan of people, right? Yes. Although, apparently, he's not a Mandalorian, but I don't know. I don't understand. <sighs> Who knows? Okay. I'm not in that whole world. Not that I hate it. I just don't. I, that, I That's one thing I have not done, like, a deep dive onto. You, you know, that there's so much Marvel stuff out, and I don't feel like... They just make stuff to make stuff, and I do feel like Star Wars just makes stuff to make stuff. Well, the thing to me, like, in that regard is that, like, you have the entire universe. You could tell any story. Yeah. And this is what you want to tell? This is this is it? They, they do a lot of fan service, man. It's like whatever people bitch about enough, that's what they do, so. I don't know. I guess. I'm, I'm as lost as you are. Okay. Jerry says, moving on to sports, I'm happy and sad about the Niners losing the NFC Championship. A bunch of my people on my Facebook saying Jimmy G has to go or my favorite start Trey Lance. So I'm going to go on a little rant. Please, I want to hear his thoughts on this, actually, because I have I have lots of thoughts on this. Have you talked to Wells about it? Because we have not heard from I have not heard from Wells about this. I've seen Wells's response on Twitter and Wells is pretty pro Jimmy in the sense that like the Niners fans are doing him dirty. Like he wins okay. and he and he took them to two NFC championships and a su- I mean well like you know in a Super Bowl so I, I I see him being like you guys are gonna regret how shitty you've been to Jimmy G yeah I think I think let's see here I think Jerry's in that same camp let's see Jimmy played hurt the whole time so he's extremely limited the first time playing an extra week 49ers bye week was week four so they played straight from five till the playoffs mm-hmm. as well as last year coming from a six and ten record to a championship so to me that's a win. 
My goal for the Niners was just to make the playoffs, and they did. But Jimmy trading in a raw Trey Lance is going to be a small rebuild for a few years. Okay, sports rant over. So it sounds like, I don't know, if I can't get a sense of like whether he's pro-Jimmy or anti-Jimmy, but just like, Jimmy did better than he thought, so like let's give him the benefit of the doubt, right? My very, very delusional Niners friend is convinced that they will just trade Jimmy G and get all the picks back that they traded for Trey Lance, and then it's a wash and it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's going to happen. That's what we keep saying. <laughs> We're like, okay. And like, what do you do? That, okay, I'm thinking from my team's perspective to keep going on this. Is like, what if Mason Rudolph next year, like we draft Kenny Pickett, and Mason Rudolph takes us to the AFC Championship game? What the fuck do you do? I don't know, because it depends on if he did it or not. Like, when the Vikings, when Teddy got hurt and Case Keenum, like, led him to the championship, it's just like, well, he did well, but it wasn't because of him. Yeah, it's like the whole Nick Foles in, in Philly situation, yeah. too. Like, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz was killer that year, but Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. So, like, what what do you do? I, I don't know, man. I'm glad that I'm not in that situation. And the Niners gave up all those picks for Trey Lance. And I'm still convinced that Trey Lance isn't the one that they wanted. They wanted Zach Wilson. The Jets fucked them. They took Trey Lance. And they were actually going to take Mac Jones. And then the fan base shamed them into taking Trey Lance. Like, So this was like your fourth pick down the line of who you wanted. And you had traded three first-round picks to get up there. I don't know. And Mac Jones has been pretty good, too, right? Mac Jones has been pretty good. It's not what um, fucking uh, Kyle Shanahan would want for the Niners. He wants like a guy that can scramble and stuff like that. So, But like... Yeah, Mac Jones has been pretty – I think he's been the best of the bunch so far, right? Like, he's the only one that, like, played all the games and, like, had a winning record. He went to the playoffs. So, I, as a Niners fan, I will be really torn up about this. And I think about it a lot because I, you know, know Jerry, know Wells, have other Niners fan friends. And I'm like, man, I I don't know what I would do if that was my team. It would just be weird. It's tough. Yeah. It's Very tough. Crank 2. Moving on to Crank 2. Such a stupid movie. I loved it, especially with the craziness and that little song that comes up repeatedly, especially Jason whistles it during one scene. Yeah, we were talking about how much fun that was, yeah. We put those both out. Yeah, those are both on the main feed. We didn't put that one behind the paywall, so both those out. If you've not listened to Crank episodes, both with fan favorite Garrett Smith, aforementioned Garrett Smith. Individually, Joey, if you played Pokemon Legends Arceus, or Arceus, I'm still not sure how to pronounce it. I've seen it both ways. It's hard, but definitely worth it, especially coming from someone who played every main series Pokemon game except for Sword and Shield. We'll play it soon. Uh, I have it. So this is a game, Joe. So do you know, like, like Zelda games, like the big one, the most recent one is Breath of the Wild. Are you familiar with Breath of the Wild? I know that it exists. A lot of people, a lot of people call it the best game that's ever been made. I have not played it yet because it's like a 200-hour game. And I'm just like, I get intimidated by that, even though I'll play Splunky was for 400 hours. Was it on Switch or was it on Wii? It's on Switch. Okay. Pokemon Legends Arceus is kind of like that, but Pokemon, like it's like a free, like it's just like an open world RPG where like just Pokemon are out and like they can attack you even if you don't have a Pokemon out. Like it's a whole like different thing. It's in like ancient times. So it's just like, and you're you're creating the first Pokédex, apparently. So, like, you are, you literally have to catch, like, multiple versions of the same thing, like, so you can learn more about them, whatever. Okay, cool. I bought it. I have not played it yet because what he mentioned, Sword and Shield, there was expansion packs that I bought that I did not play yet. So I was actually going to, I didn't even know that he wrote this in the email, I was going to start the expansion packs of those tonight. And then, like, a couple months ago, maybe, like, October, November, they remastered older versions, and I bought that. So I want to do that, and then I'm going to do Arceus. So soon not yet but again that like i was literally gonna start tonight so 
not yet, Jerry, but I will let you know. I know Jerry and I are Switch friends now because we, oh, you know, cool. I shared a Switch code. So very cool. Uh, yeah, I will. We'll talk about that, Jerry. I'll I'll get in touch with you as I start playing that. But yeah, for sure. Nice. He says, also, if you finished King of the Hill. No, I'm do- very slow. I'm not going to finish King of the Hill until I think the end of next year. I'm in season two. Because you know how he just... does it. He does like an episode a day yeah. or on uh, every other day. Every. I only have 10 more Seinfelds. You're getting close to the Down end, to 10. bud. And of those 10, four are the like doubles at the end, where it's like the recap and the finale and the clip show and blah, blah, blah. So really only like six standalone episodes. So Yeah, because near the end, I, I, they definitely did the like, these are some funny scenes. And you're like, okay, right. cool. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. Joe Chu, congrats for Big Ben taking all those beatings for 18 years. He says Jimmy G would be a good fit to the Steelers. And if you've watched a season of Before the 90 Days, it's so good, especially Gino, who doesn't take his hat off with his crazy big poop girlfriend, Jasmine, that has to FaceTime him wherever he goes. Oh, <laughs> one. Have you watched Before the 90 Days? And also Steelers. Go for it. I, I've been watching a ton of sports because, as you know, they have legalized sports gambling here. So, like, I've cut out a lot of reality TV in the sense that I just watch every sport all day on three different televisions at all times. Um, so no, I haven't watched before the 90 days, but I think in summer, especially if there's no baseball, this is when I'm going to catch up on all these things. Like I like already mentally prepared that that's what's going to happen. Like in my lull times, I'm very glad big bet is gone. A lot of people say Jimmy G would be great for the Steelers. I wouldn't mind it. I don't think it will happen just based on what Tomlin is saying. Rooney went to the Senior Bowl this year, which he never ever does. Like the owner of the Steelers is at the seat was at the Senior Bowl scouting quarterbacks. He's heavily involved in only that choice of the team. I think they're either going to draft a guy or not draft a guy and go with Mason or Dwayne Haskins, who's still on the roster too, um, which Wells I'm sure is excited about, <laughs> and because um, he was a former Ohio State guy, right? So, so I think that they're going to go with one of those two or draft a quarterback this year. Uh, and if they don't this year, they will next year. I don't think that that's like Jimmy G or any of the big splashy guys are actually going to come there. So I realized the other night, I don't have anything to really say about the Steelers, but I realized the other night about TV that Rachel was texting me about a show and she was like asking me between two different shows, which one she thought you would like more. And we agreed. And I realized that you have been talking about trash TV in a while. And I, cause you've been basically, and what you've been watching to sort of unwind has just been the, the, the disposable, quick, digestible half hour comedies like Shit's Creek and Kim's Convenience. Yes. Stuff like that. So I'm like, yes, 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 yes. In yes. my mind, step up, major step up. If you're just going to watch like sort of brain mush, it's better to have like, in my opinion, I like, I like the trajectory. Like soon enough, you're going to be like, yes, I'm just going to like down this and watch like the leftovers to like unwind this evening no, with my fine no, wine and, and much, prestige TV. Too, too much focus, not enough phone time. Um, that's why I like those shows. Uh, the other, they're just, they're just long. Right. And like, if I have like, you know, six college basketball games that I'm gambling on, then I have those to watch instead. So exactly. Yeah. So relatable with with your three TVs and your six basketball games you're betting on. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you got to pass the time somehow. And I get it. That's how it works. Continue with shows. I've started Manifest, which is kind of like an Avengers endgame without the superheroes. I think Manifest was one that like got canceled and there was like this huge like fan outcry and i think they got revived somewhere so i've not seen have you seen manifest i have not seen manifest. I've, i saw my friends going nuts about it in our fantasy hockey chat 
they like really liked it. They all binged it. They all said that they loved it. Um, so that's the only experience that I have with it. They're really, really. Oh, happy. right. Yeah. Last summer, Netflix, because it was a huge hit on Netflix. And so Netflix brought it back for one more season. Yeah, they were they were amped on it. So um, I just saw them saying how great it was. But that was it. He says it's like Avengers Endgame without the superhero. So I'm not exactly sure what that would look like, but that sounds interesting. So I'm yeah. I'm intrigued. So that's all I got. Got to continue playing Arceus. Be fast, never last, because you'll come in last and lose that ass. No, Monica. <laughs> Good Thank to you, hear Jerry. from you, Jerry, man. Glad everything's going well, brother. Yeah, if you want to write in, email in family at cageclub.me. We'll read it on the next episode, which would be next week. I don't remember. Oh, next week we're starting a, a bigger thing. So oh. tease them out at the end of the episode. So just stay tuned for that. But, Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Any news you've seen about Fast and Furious? We know that, like, production is starting soon. Yes. Hasn't started yet, but starting soon. But anything else you know about news on the streets? No, but I saw a funny tweet today. Somebody posted a picture of Carmelo Anthony and John Cena, and Carmelo Anthony retweeted and said, I only see a picture of myself, and I laughed. Huh. Cool. Yeah, that, that I was just like, wow. Like, literally everyone's in on the joke, and that's that makes me happy. Wes was like, did you... You hear about the, the live-action TV series, and I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, let me find the news. He's like, I can't find the news. So apparently there's maybe rumor or speculation that it'd be like a live-action show on Peacock or something. <laughs> that's that's somebody that listened to, 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 the, to this podcast, heard us say that was a good idea, and played a game of telephone where somebody was like, they should, they're should they probably planning a live-action TV show for Peacock, when that was just an idea that we said that they should do. I get the Google alert every day about the Fast and Furious, and, like, most days there's nothing, and so, like, the top news hit is just, like, nonsense. So I'm like, if I somehow, if somehow there was news about that that I didn't see in the Daily Digest and that nobody had sent to us, I was like, where did this happen? And he couldn't find it again. So, like, it it would not surprise, you know, like, either of us or any of us, there would be a live-action show. There just isn't news about that yet, right? So yeah. And we and I know we've said it before. Like we, you and I have talked about it. We're like, why don't they do like, why aren't these movies on Peacock? Why don't they do a live action show? And why don't they just put it on Peacock? Right? Like that was the whole yeah. three. Related, Joe is Dwayne Johnson in F ten. Answer still no. Jason Momoa though, yes. The final thing to do before we take a break and bring in Brian to talk about Furious Seven is the Fast and the Furious Minute. Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute Forty Eight. I teased it before. This immortal. Brian O'Connor quote, it's getting thick real quick. <laughs> I'm trying to blow our cover, and we got two wide cars that are no better than that damn ankle bracelet of mine. I'm going to tell you, bruh, you let your man Markham do that shit again in front of a room, that's going to be our ass. I know, man. I know. It's, just, it's getting thick real quick, and we may need a way out. We got to come up with some kind of exit strategy. Exit strategy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I like the way that sounds. What you got in mind? I don't know, man. We need two more cars. Yeah. Here they come. and Fabio. Glad you can join us. So in this minute, Brian and Roman discuss how they're going to handle Markham and Verone. They quickly realize that what they need first, two new cars. 
Yeah. We cut to a night scene where Brian, Roman, Tej, Suki, and Jimmy are waiting for a race. Fonzie and Fabio show up with two women ready to race as the minute ends. So this is not a huge sort of like a minute in transition. We are not at the nightclub yet. We have this. We were talking about last time whether we were going to go here or the nightclub first. But we, it's progress. The last couple of minutes have been very slow in this. There was actually things for both of us to look up, which was nice. I have a really good question that I just came up with. A trivia question? Yeah, I'll save it till the okay. end. What would you think of this minute? Because we, this is we're now in a new I'm scene, so a new glad. set piece. I'm so glad we changed set pieces. Um, I'm sure we're going to have to deal with four minutes of racing. But for how bland the fisheries hideout was, I'm I'm happy to be somewhere else. As I watched the minute, I tried to figure out where this was. It's not written anywhere. I, if I had a guess, I would assume that it's near where Tej's garage was along that road, right? It kind of seems like the same place. There's a boat in the background, but I couldn't specifically find any signs or anything that tell us where this is. Hopefully when they're driving, I'll be able to get a better guess of where they actually are. I felt disappointed I couldn't do that. In my head, I feel like they're just like in an undisclosed neighborhood somewhere. But like I have I also haven't watched this scene It's against like water. the way that you're we're gonna watch the scene, right? Yeah, it's against water though, right? And Tej's garage was right against water, so I'm assuming yeah, just yeah. production wise, it has to be like the same place at night down the street, right? I also do wanna say, like we did we, we talked about the fisheries being bland, but like for the narrative of the movie, it makes sense that like it's just like some unused location where they're just like whatever, right? A hideout, like, yeah. For, for our purpose, let it be a fully furnished restaurant that's just like closed for the day, right? It's just like I want because there's literally nothing. Like there's no furniture, there's no art, there's nothing in nothing, that. So like, nothing. I'm right with you to get out of there. Very happy. Feels just refreshing. I agree. So in this minute, we have Roman. We can see him still eating because he remember he eats half of it. He throws the nub of the bread down, takes grabs the, the good other half, half, walks yeah. out. We see a big leaf of lettuce, so it could still be a burger, but I think it lends more credence to the sandwich idea. I think we're, like, confirmed. We still can't really see it fully, but probably sandwich. Yeah. Also, the funniest thing that I saw, and it's not really funny, but it's just, like, for the movie, is that, like, Fonzie and Fabio, like, roll over that hill, and they both, like, stop at the top of the hill, because, like, oh, God, look at them. And then, like, we cut behind them, and, like, they just continue down the hill. But, like, why would you stop? Like, what do you... It's just only there for, like, the camera to, like, catch them and be like, oh, look at those cars. Like, look at those badass cars. But, like... If they were actually going to meet up with Brian and people, they would just, like, drive to the thing. They wouldn't just stop drive at the top slow. of the hill. So I just thought it was funny. Yeah. That's just like, oh. I agree. Um, what are those cars, though? Speaking of, you found out oh, about both cars. Thank you, sir. Okay. So this is, like, our first real dedicated spot to these two cars. And I did some research because I wanted to figure out what the Yanko Camaro actually officially is. Okay. Okay. A lot of these car companies will have like a motorsports division. This is how you get like the BMW, like the M series, right? Like that's the BMW Motorsports 3 mm -hmm. series. The Yanko Camaro is not this. There was a dude whose name was Don Yanko. Okay. He was a race car driver and he owned a bunch of Chevy dealerships. So in 67, the Camaro came out and he ordered a bunch of Camaros. He stripped the engines out of them and put Corvette engines in them and made the Yanko Camaro. Okay. And people were like, holy shit, because there was like some kind of rule about how big the engine could come in the in the Camaro for, I don't know, some like Chevrolet rule, G General Motors rule. And he put Corvette engines in them, which were much bigger and faster and more powerful. And so that's how this started. The one that we see here is a 69, and the 69 was really cool, 
because in 60, like they did this in 67, they did this in 68, they replaced them with Camaro engines. In 69, Chevy let them order them with Camaro engines from the factory and some other options like disc brakes. They had like a different speedometer that went up to 140. So like Chevy officially was like, you know what, we'll let you order them the way that you've been doing them. Okay. And that was like the last year of them. So like, you know, they're super, like the 69 one is like the official super official official edition that's what it is and that's the cool backstory to it which i thought was really really interesting they like eventually like they're they make a new one there's like a 2020 from 2016 to 2022 they let you buy a yanko version of the camaro but it's obviously not like this dude who was pretty much making hot rods with these cars chevy officially acknowledged them and let him make one from the factory that's pretty cool. Yeah, right. I think that's like just a neat story. It's you know it has very Shelby vibes to it, right? Like, well, it's all. It also feels like Chevy being like, "Hey, we can make money on this." Like, <laughs> I appreciate it. Too. I respect it, but it's also like you know this is a good idea. Like, let's just actually get a cut of it, right? So yeah, I, I and he what was his oh his uh his dealership like he's from Pennsylvania. His dealership was in Cannonsburg or something like that too. These cars were these, this wasn't like L.A. or New York or. Miami, right? Like he was just doing this in the middle of Pennsylvania. So just because that's what he wanted to do. So cool story that there's just like one dude that had a that had an idea and it became something famous. They're they're like worth a ton of money now, obviously. And did you say how long, like how many years they made them for? So do you know? he was he was doing it with other car. I think it was like he was doing it with like Corvairs and stuff beforehand. But specifically, the Yanko Camaros were 67, 68, and then 69. And the 67, 68s, like, aren't really official because he, like, his dealership was doing it, not that it came like that from the factory. So, like, 69 is, like, the only time that they, like, did it from the factory. I think, like, here, then there's, like, they might have, they did one in 81. People restore the 69s. In 2010, there was one. But, like, officially, the main one was 69. Okay, cool. Is the question that you have for this minute related, inspired by the cars? Absolutely not. It's complete bullshit. Because the only question I could come up with, and I, I'm glad that you have a question. I mean, I might you not be glad when it. I actually hear the question. We'll see. We'll find out. But the only question I had was who drives what car? Like, who drives the Camaro? Who I drives the Challenger? I think that that's a little nitpicky. Mine's for not sure. much better. But Wait, so who who drives the Camaro? Who drives the Yanko? Is that Fonzie or Fabio? I don't even know. I, I couldn't distinguish it. Like, I don't remember off the top okay. of my head. Okay, fair enough. Like, I didn't even separate them. So what is your question then? Because there is, and as you were reading it, Tej, Brian, Roman, uh, Suki, and Jimmy, and then yep. you have Fonzie and Fabio, and they each have a girl, right? Yep. Okay, how many people were at this race? Whoa, okay, so nine, okay. Do you like that question? Sure. Because you're either going to forget that the Fabio and Fonzie had two girls, you're going to forget that Jimmy and Suki were there. So I think, what's the obvious answer, like, minus, uh, so the the red answer is nine. So yeah, so we could either do, like, seven, eight, nine, ten, which is what I have in there now, or we could do, like, four, six, nine, or, like, five, seven, nine, eleven. I like that better. No, five, seven, nine, ten. When Brian and Roman race Fonzie and Fabio for pinks, how many people, including the drivers, are at the race? And the answer is nine. It's tough. Right? It's because it, you're going to. Well, I, th- I think we need to I think we need to add eight in there as well. And we'll just add six. Fuck it. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, that's so hard. 
<laughs> I love I it. Like, because if you think about it, you're like, okay, so like they each have two, and like I can see them each bringing like two people. Like, I, I'm pretty sure Tej is there. No, you have four cars. You start with four cars, right? So you start four, four, four cars. And you're like, definitely Tej is there. So that's five. That that like it's at least five. Okay. And then you're like, I think Suki was there because she she does the drop, right? So that's six. And then, like, did they bring somebody? They, 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 they might have brought somebody. So, okay, so eight. I added four also. So four through ten, each option available. <laughs> oh, God. Good luck. That is so miserable. The answer, nine. Minute 48. We now have 48 minutes, 51 questions. I do love that this question has six answers. Seven answers. Yeah, fuck. That's amazing. Tough. Tough, tough, tough. Amen. All right, Joe, let us take a break. Oh, actually, the one other thing I want to say is... The song that I said I, I, that started last minute I couldn't tell, but it continues yeah. this minute is the song Two More Cars" by David Arnold off the score, which is, you know, this this again I've said it before. The score, the names of the songs of the score are very straightforward. We need two more cars. Okay, song name Two More Cars. Yeah. Cool, got it. Perfect. All right, let's take a break now and let us bring in Brian to talk about Furious Seven. episode number 225 furious seven this episode is brought to you by warner brothers world abu dhabi the excitement begins at warner brothers world plaza your portal to the uniquely themed lands that include bedrock dynamite gulch cartoon junction gotham city and metropolis shout out to warner brothers world abu dhabi well shout out to wbwad and welcome back to the show with us as mentioned as teased the host, the creator, the twisted mind behind High School Slumber Party. One of the two twisted minds behind P.S. I Love Hoffman, a Philip Seymour Hoffman podcast. Retrospective. Sorry, retrospective, not podcast. So sorry. I hope you forgive me. With us tonight, we have patron of the show, friend of the pod, Slumber Party Late Night, Brian Rodriguez. Hello, Brian. Hello. I, I don't think I'm that twisted on High School Slumber Party. I feel like... I, I'm playing point on High School Slumber Party here. I'm just in the corner, ready to receive that ball and hit those threes. So let's do it. Oh, well, welcome. <laughs> Good follow up. It feels like we've been we haven't talked to you in so long, Brian. It's so long. I cannot believe that it's been seemingly days since we spoke to you about Friday Night Lights, which is available on Sunday if you're listening to this on the Patreon feed, only for Patreon, or already available if you want to join the Patreon. Super Bowl Sunday episode about Friday Night Lights. Go do that thing, because it was a good episode. Hardly talked about the movie, which is understandable. I don't think we hardly talked about the movie. You said that, and then I thought back, and I think we talked a lot about the movie. We just didn't talk scene by scene. but Or chronological, or anything or like chronological, that. chronological, but, but... We talked about the themes of the movie. Which are more important, so... I, think I so. Patrons, you let us know, and if you're not a patron, just go become one and then decide this debate. And if I'm right, then Joey will sign you an autographed Fast and Furious DVD of your choosing. <laughs> okay, that you're gonna that you're gonna buy for me, right? Oh, sure, that'll break the bank. Yeah, eBay, <laughs> eBay for like 19 cents. 
<laughs> It'll cost more to ship it from Joey's house to the person than it will for Brian to buy it and ship it from eBay. I mean, I our Patreon is single-handedly keeping the post office afloat by me sending a, a stamped envelope once every three or four months. So True. I, I went to the post office today. I might go back again. So just do that thing. Wait, what's it? If, if we talked about the movie a lot, I'm going to send it. If we didn't, I'm not. Is you know, the, is you, you know what? I'm going to do you even better. If you are a new patron this month, <laughs> Joey will sign any Fast and Furious DVD you want and send it to you. I will pay the shipping. But I have to buy the movie. I can buy. I can give you the money for the movie. I just think if like I order, I guess I could order it to your house. Just whatever cuts out the middleman. I just don't want to drive to your house, hand you a DVD, and then hand you a stamp or something. Here's you know the thing. I mean? I will pay for the movie and the shipping if you drive to my house and hand deliver it to me. I mean, whichever way you want to do it is fine. But uh, I just, I want a new patron this month. If you sign up, Joey will autograph any Fast and Furious film for you. (laughs) Anyone. Big in the front. They're choosing or of my choosing? They're choosing. They're like, oh, I want Joey on Too Fast, Too Furious. I want him to sign so it right. So here's the question. In the opening, we just we announced that we have a new patron, friend of the show, Nate Mosaic, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport <sighs> podcast. He supported us. Does he get one? Because this is a this is, this no, is no, no, retroactive. No, no, no. So new patrons only from here on out. I was going to say just one, but, but fuck it. No. As many... <laughs> Whoever signs up from this moment that I've announced this, so that person you just announced doesn't count. That was before this. So this episode comes out on February fifteenth. To like, so to the world, this is out on the fifteenth. So you have two weeks to join the Patreon. Yes, and some connection of me and Brian are going to purchase and sign and ship a signed Fast and Furious movie to you. Not new. Let's Not say new. Used. Used. But it, it can't be the one dollar tier. It has to be more than one dollar tier. It has to be the five dollar tier or above. That's fair. Okay, you can put that caveat on five dollars. Because then I above. will, because because in the five dollars tier, you get a handwritten note from us. You also get some stickers from us. So I will send it all as a total care package. I like that. Works for me. Works for me. The the Brian Rodriguez special. Two weeks out there. You hear that, folks? If you want a copy, deals all day at Resputin, deals all day at Too Fast, Too Forever, signed DVD, <laughs> handwritten note. You can even. I have like twelve different color sharpies because I bought like a, oh. a variety pack a while ago. What about you can gel pens? Color. Do you have any gel pens? No gel pens. Paint pen? Those are the best for autographs. The paint pen. The good old paint pen. I do the Don't silver one. Those are good, yeah. Welcome to the show, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. So the question, and I know that you listen to every episode the minute it comes out. I know that you stay up until 2 a.m. because it drops at midnight, and you're like, I got to listen. And you listen at 1x speed because you respect the art of podcasting. You know it. You know it. Especially Spy Racers episodes and Kung Fu movies Ooh, yeah. I've never heard of. That's <laughs> what, I, what I'm on front of the line for Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so you're caught up on the pod. You know the question we've been asking, but I will just refresh just to, just as a, as a reminder to the listeners. We're kicking off every conversation this lap by saying, if you could imagine, because last lap, if you'll remember, let's, let's take a, a trip back in the time machine in the DeLorean. Last lap, we were trying to figure out where Jacob is because Jacob wasn't in any of these movies, but apparently always existed in the world. So this lap. We're pretending to expand the family even further, and we're asking the question, if you could add a family member, or a friend, but a family member, to any existing family member in this movie, who would you add to Furious 7? What would, what would they be doing? What would you want to learn from them? So I don't know if you have an answer yet. I don't know if you want Joe to go first, because I have an idea. I'm sure Joe has an idea. But Brian, do you want to think about it, or do you have an answer? Uh, let me think on it for a little bit. Joe, who do you want to add to Furious 7 family member? So I had um, two separate options that I was thinking about as I was watching 
Should I save the better one for last or for first? Is is the better one better because it's a joke or because it's actually more interesting? No, it's like a really cool expanded theory. Okay, I'll do the shittier one first. I would like to see <laughs> Mr. Nobody's wife and family. Does he have a family? Do they okay. know that he has that he's Mr. Nobody? Is he just like a normal family guy dad? Like, what is going on with that? Like, does he have a wife? When does he see her? Kids? Whatever. That's not a shitty one. I like that. That's good. I know. What's your good one, though? But my second one was I want to see Ramsey's younger sibling and i imagine that ramsey's younger sibling is actually just frosty and frosty's little sister oh cool spy that's that's a spy racers reference brian as you know i'm sure of course of course like the hacker kid in spy racers is frosty so i imagine that ramsey is like their older sister that they don't really know about but then we could intertwine spy racers because they, they kind of play the same role, right? So okay, yeah. Well, do you think this, is it sister or like auntie Ramsey? Oh, it could be an aunt. Yeah, you, yeah. I like that so much better, Joey. It's like the mom's younger sister. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot more sense. I like that. Okay, we'll go with that one. But I like that. Call. That's very cool. Yep. So, so Brian, you got a question? Is the family member someone who's real, or are we inventing them completely? We're, in- we're inventing it, either them. either way. Like it could be someone that we've heard about. It could be like we you know we've said before: Brian's parents, Dom's mom, Vince's mom, like people that we know exist. But okay, it's not going to just be like a Mister Nobody's probably not married, but like it could be his wife, it could be his family, whatever. So no rules, just right. Okay, no, because I wasn't sure because you know Spy Racers is canon, or is it? I think it is. So like I couldn't be like, oh, I wish. You know, Ja Rule was in this movie. Like, does that count? Sure you could. Yeah, you could do See, whatever that, you want. This, There's no actual rules, bud. This is what complicates things for me, because I was like, I'm always going to pick Suki. So no matter what it is, I'm always going to pick Suki. If okay, we- okay, here, okay, let's let's back up for a second. Let's, I think, so Joe, I think for the first time, didn't create a brand new character. That's what I was, I think, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I think generally, but I do like the tie-in, because I think... I think it's bringing them into the franchise in a way that, like, Suki and, and Ja Rule are already, like, in this world. Spy Race just kind of is, kind of isn't, but I like the interconnected tissue. Like, we kind of know exactly. I guess my point, I don't know. There's there's no rules. It's, there's no wrong answer. No. Like, we already know how Suki and Ja Rule exist within the family, right? But, like, we don't really know how Spy Race just fits in. Auntie Ramsey, I like. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Because there's so many, like, I, there's so many people from the movie franchise that I would just put... He, like, how about Ryan Reynolds shows up as The Rock's other friend with Mr. Nobody, right? I forgot his freaking character's name in, in Hobbs and Shaw. I'm going to play by your rules, so still give me a little more, more time. You had a, you That's had... fine. Who I want to see, we, we've we talked about this person a lot, Joe. Yeah, who? We're probably never going to meet her. I want to see Hobbs's either wife or baby mama or whoever. We see Hobbs in the hospital with his daughter. Elena comes to pick up the daughter. I just want to see... Uh, the, the daughter's mom you know what okay so this was another thought that i had that yes you you say that and the last one i had a third one too Hobbs says like i'm leaving you with your aunt i want to know who this is because in Hobbs and shaw yeah. he says that like we don't have family and stuff and he also leaves her with someone like who yeah. is this person and like who actually is it to you you know it's so, like I'm, I'm very curious about that as well i i'm unless you. Unless he's saying, like, Auntie Elena, because, like, she's, like, a friend of the family, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I also, you know, like, we talked about for, for years until he, he and Hattie kissed in Hobbs and Shaw. Spoilers for Hobbs and Shaw. Whoa. But 
if it's like if it's if if he's a gay couple and they just like adopted the daughter, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Also, that bi. just like I want someone. I want Hobbs's either current or past significant other, the co-parent with that child, if there is a co-parent in the picture. I just want to know more about Hobbs because I feel like when we talked about this on Nate's show on the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, and when we talked about it, just it was specifically focusing on The Rock. It's a little disappointing because he was obviously filming another movie and he wasn't really available that much. So I think it would be nice in a movie with less Hobbs to know more about Hobbs by meeting another one of his family members. I can dig that, yeah. Brian, have you come up with someone new? Brand new character? Is this the obvious one, though? Like, am, am I, is it just too obvious? Am I not caught up and someone's already named this character? What? Tell me. Of course, I host High School Slumber Party. This is a high school character. No knees Denise. Sure. She shows up at the end of the movie. I like that. That's good. And she replaces Paul Walker in the family. <laughs> so she's on the beach with them at the end. <laughs> and then we're like, oh, that's why that's her name. Because she's on the beach. We see that she has no knees. And that's where we are, right? I don't know. You guys are the biggest proponents of No Knees Denise. If you type wonder- <laughs> no, knees, no Knees Denise in Google Images, 90% of it is stuff that you have put on the internet. Is that a true really? fact? These are your stickers, right? Oh, the number, the, the, <laughs> the first hit and the fifth hit and the sixth hit and the seventh hit are all RC public. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I want to see the, the Justin Lin revisionary thing in F10 where like there is no knees Denise and they just like CGI her onto the beach of seven and, like, she was just there the whole time so here is I'm glad that you brought up CGI because I like that but here's here's how I'm picturing F10 opening okay. watching F7 with fury with with furious eyes with fresh eyes but furious eyes I misspoke but I also like furious eyes watch this movie <laughs> with furious eyes I want because you know this this movie classically iconically at least in the extended version because it's like an extended opening opens with Deckard over the charred body of Owen Shaw. Yes. Establishing who he is. Like, hey, I'm this guy, you know, we grew up together, maybe brother, I used to get in trouble, I used to defend you, whatever. I'm going to avenge you. And then he walks out, kills people on the way out, right? Imagine for a second, Fast and Furious 10 opens with a CGI Hobbs lying in bed, charred beyond almost recognition. <laughs> Jason Momoa standing oh. over him, giving the exact same speech. Oh. You thought these people were your family. You trusted them. Look what they did to you. And we're like, what happened? And he's like, I'm going to come for you, Dominic Toretto. And it's Momoa. It's the connection that we sort of oh. guess or whatever. I don't think it would happen. It would also be the biggest slap in the face. Like, all right, okay, Dwayne, you don't want to be back in the movie? We're going to CGI your likeness and just have him charred up. Like, you're basically dead. Good luck making a Hobbs and Shaw 2 because you would killed you off in this movie. <laughs> That's and then Momoa's pretty like, badass. That is a all right, all right. move. Do people really die in this universe, though? Even if they charred him up, he could make Hobbs and Shaw 2. I put on Twitter when I was watching the movie because we, we see oh, Han's God. funeral, obviously, and I, I screenshotted the Han's funeral scene and I just said, forever in our hearts, gone but not forgotten. And people were like, Wait, is is, is Sung is Sung Kang okay? It's just it's a, <laughs> it's, it's literally a, a screen grab from the movie. Yeah, it's just funny that we have you know that Han dies in three, Han dies in six. We have a funeral for him in seven. He comes back in back nine, in and yeah. <laughs> people were still like, uh, "Wait, did Sung Kang die?" Please tell me Sung's okay. I don't know, but anyway, those are good answers. I would love to see Noni's Denise. Although we've talked about it before, but Brian, who do you picture playing Noni's Denise? Ooh. Oh, oh. Because we thought Joe thought for a little while when she was announced, we did not know her role that Cardi B would play Noni's Denise. I think at this oh, point, she's it has great. To be Tiffany Haddish, right? 
Jimmy Hatch would be great. I know you guys have talked about it. What is the consensus now? What that means? Something sexual. Yeah. We that's... we stopped we stopped asking that question because like we we stopped asking most of the questions just because like we get the same answers and that's no shade to our guests. I think we just like ex- we we tap the well like we're we're rarely surprised by those anymore. And it's just it's something either she loves doing the thing or hates doing the thing. I'm like scouring the internet trying to get some clues here. Uh, we said Cardi B. How about, how about? Oh no, she's already in the franchise. Oh god, this it's really tough. I don't know. I'll come back to you with that one. I really want to take some time. Do you have someone in mind that you issues. just can't think of her name or what? No, I just, I want someone perfect. And then I think, I think the tough thing in thinking of a Noni's niece person is we've, we've mythologized her so much in our brains for no reason. Like, right? that's why like, I say just... it's got to be like <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, where it's like somebody that comes in and like now she's pretty and like we don't know what she looked like in high school and like she's a comedian. So kind of play. Yeah. All right, Brian, Furious 7, let's get into it. This is the sixth Fast and Furious movie that you were talking. No, seventh. I think the seventh Fast and we, we just figured this out on the next episode, which we already recorded on the Friday Night Lights episode we're doing on Sunday. You only have one, four, and nine left, so you've almost completed your full out-of-order weird lap. But Furious 7, remind me, where does this rank? Is this one of your favorite Fast and Furious movies? Is it in the middle? Is it in the bottom? Where does F7 rank for you, roughly? I like F7. Um, I don't know if it's in the middle because there's other ones I like, so could it be in the lower half? Sure. Probably not now, but I I like this one. I think I had one through seven on DVD at one point. I certainly saw, aside from the first one, I certainly saw four through seven in the theater. Not that I'm not all in, sorry, but I was still definitely all in for seven. Excited when it came out. Really enjoyed it. Um, of course, you know, this is the one where Paul, well, Paul Walker doesn't die, but this is the last film in the franchise. That was a big deal. I still remember going to, like, exactly, you know, the moment Paul Walker passed away, I remember exactly where I was. I remember the person who texted me. I remember calling my friend. And I remember wondering what the hell they were going to do here. And there was that huge debate, right? Like, do we just delete him from the movie because he had shot some scenes? Do we reshoot CGI Paul Walker? We were... I think a lot of people were worried it was going to be worse. You say CGI someone, and it's kind of scary. Well, that's actually that's that's an ongoing thing right now that people have asked us on Twitter. That our listeners have asked us on Twitter because there is a certain show that has brought back someone in in almost full CGI for like a major role in episodes, and the, the wondering they're wondering if that would if that would happen also with 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 Paul with Brian. Like, can you bring back Brian? Has has technology gotten to the point? My my thinking is that like technology is kind of at that point, but like emotionally, kind of, I I, I want a story to make sense. Yes, they could pull it off because they they're definitely going to the blessing of the family and stuff. I still think it's kind of weird. I still think it's like too fresh. I mean, if it's just like a wink, you know what I mean? He's somewhere and he like winks at us. Great, but if he's like doing action scenes and talking and shit, that's a little tough, you know. We had we had a weird experience with this in the sense that we watched like the Paul Walker documentary and his family still really really wants him to be in the movies. And it's weird that the fans are the ones that are like I don't know if you should bring him back like that doesn't feel right when his family is very firm in that they're like yeah fuck it like uh, what is his brother do it like we're cool with well it. of course they want that he's gonna get paid what the hell else is a brother do? yeah that's what it kind of felt like to us that's, <laughs> what, that's what i'm getting to but like that it feels weird right like 
It definitely feels weird. And yes, you need the family's blessing, but I don't think they get final say on that, nor should they, right? Like, if you're going to piss people off and turn them away from, like, this final installment because Paul Walker has a major role, it's weird. So, uh, randomly, it wasn't even, like, the prep for this movie. Uh, The other day we we were talking, right, about 30 for 30 and ESPN Plus because of Friday Night Lights. And after I got off the call with you guys, I had to do some editing, and... Just put on a random 30 for 30. And it was uh, the one based on Al Davis, longtime owner of the Raiders, who passed away. And in that, they use CGI to bring Al Davis and Pete Rozelle, former NFL commissioner, back to like, and put words in their mouth to kind of give their, yeah, to give their, uh, they weren't opinions, you know, they had, they had like Al Davis like in a dark room, it's like, just win, baby. I won't accept anything. When I started with the Raiders, I didn't know where it would go, you know? And Pete Rozelle saying his shit, too. And it was like, this is kind of weird. And it really took me away from the documentary. Like, did they have to do that? Because I know, like, for example, the Jimmy the Greek one. I know your listeners love 30 for 30, so. but Yeah, um, we, we talk a whole bunch of sports <laughs> for no reason, but go ahead. Continue. But the, that one has his voice, but, like, you don't see the CGI, and... It's a little better, but still kind of weird. This one, you guys should just definitely check it out because it's cool at times, but also, again, like, these are two dead people who are suddenly kind of having a debate. We don't know what they would have said in this situation, right? Acting is different. This is a movie role. I don't know. Maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe they'll change things. But I would just like, if anything, a wink and a nod. He's in the car. Well, we get that at the end of nine, right? Like, the car pulls up. Yeah, yeah but and I, that's good I, enough. I I think that that's like the nicest way you can do that, right? Like that's that's the gentlest way to bring him back without like I don't even need to see him. Like the car pulling up was like cool enough for me. But I think it in movie land, this was like, "Hey, we're testing out to see if you guys will be okay with us bringing him back for 10." I do think in a weird way, and I'm not sure if this is actually fair to him or to Jordan and Brewster, but I feel like a way to honor his memory is to let Mia do things. But she can't. What do you mean? She's a woman, Joey. <laughs> wow. You want me to leave that in? No, that's not my opinion. I'm just like being sarcastic about I 100% agree with you. It's just no, like. I mean, we, we talked about like when when Paul Walker dies, Brian obviously is not in the movies anymore. And because Brian's not in the movies, they're just like, well, I guess Mia's not in the movies either. But like they bring Mia back for nine. I feel like no longer holding like putting shackles on her character is a way to kind of honor the memory of Brian in a, in a way. I don't know if that's actually if that makes sense, but I feel like to me it kind of makes sense. Oh, it de- look, it definitely makes sense. I, like I said, I made that comment because it's so ridiculous that that has not happened. Oh, Br- Brian's too macho to be a stay-at-home dad while Mia kicks ass. We have weirder shit happen in this universe and characters who had no background in something suddenly be the foremost genius in the world about something she can't go and kick ass while he takes care of the kids at home it's absurd (laughs) and i think you're right joey yeah that that makes perfect sense to me like expanding mia's character does honor brian and there's no reason like mia can't even bring the kids along and be like brian's at home sitting on the couch watching tv too you know he doesn't need to be involved (laughs) well that's see like him taking care of the kids i i get i think it would be weird if like they're all their lives are on the line and they're like oh brian's just watching tv at home you know like i brought the kids with me on this adventure but 
you know, Brian doesn't feel like it, you know. What are they going to say? Oh, he got he's injured or he's really depressed. He rolled his ankle. <laughs> Just like Aaron Rodgers, he has COVID too. Yeah, yeah, he stubbed his toe in his house when he was drunk. Could you imagine they did that? Or even like if they're like, oh, he tested positive. He's in protocol. So so Mia's going to be... 10-day quarantine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of works. Does COVID exist in the Fastiverse? Uh, yeah, probably. Well, I mean, sure. Why not? We don't see people with masks or who's vaxxed and who's not. I'm kidding. (laughs) You know what I really want to see to change the subject entirely? What I really want to see is someone do a super cut of the chase through Tokyo through like Shibuya Crossing as Dom and Mia and Brian are at 1327. Because we know that they end when the house blows up, right? Like that, the Statham, Ah. T-Bones, Han... But like that's that's all that's all happening at the same time. Like I just want to see like a split screen kind of racer trash style in a way where it's like two things happening simultaneously. And, yes. Like one is like an action scene and one just like casual hanging at home. But like just to really get the idea of the timeline down firmly because like it's happening and like the the movie shows at the same time because they have Statham call they have they have Deckard call Dom. Yeah. Just go all out. Let's see the whole thing. Do you guys would know this more than I would. Are there is there a lot of extra footage on these DVDs when you get them? Depends on the movie. Mm. Okay, I was just curious for like alternate cuts or, or what you're saying. Like, I guess you could do it with the footage they have still, but I wonder after the franchise if they'll do like a chronological cut for uh, whatever streaming service it ends up landing on Peacock or whatever eventually, right? Like when all the rights deals are done. If, because, like, if Peacock is one of the most innovative streaming services with that, right? They've recut the first four seasons of The Office. Do they really? It's not recut. It's, uh, they're all, like, 35 minutes or around that length. Like, they've put... Oh, because, like, Netflix did that with Parks and Rec, too. Yeah, but that's, that's really also... Cool. Okay. That's also because that, I think, is, you know, they're similar properties. And more and more streaming services are doing this as a way, like, you know, I've seen The Office a million times. I've seen Friends a million times. I've seen a lot of shows a million times. Suddenly, there's new episodes of a sitcom I've seen a million times that are slightly different. And if you're a fan of these things, you could tell. So I'm just saying, or even the Snyder Cut, right? Like, it's a little different, but I'm saying when this lands on the... Is it going to go to Peacock eventually? I don't know. We talk about this a lot. Like, some of the Boy Do podcast for you was just about, like, where do I find these movies? Because, like, the streaming is is insane. Yeah, I, and I, I talk, I've talked about this a lot on and off the air with people on my show that it's just a mess right now because of the rights deals that were signed uh, way back when. But I, you would assume once all these rights deals expire that they're just going to land on Peacock, obviously because of the, you know, the universal thing. And if they're there, I would not be shocked if they did like a chronological cut somehow or even like different versions of different movies and, and stuff. Unless it just like makes complete like zero sense and they don't want to expose that. Um, they got to find ways to milk more out of the properties and would have shocked me if that was a thing. I could see a remix because there's... What was the thing, Joe? Do you remember like m- several months ago, someone sent us... I think there is on DVD or maybe it was a streamer. There's like a chronological... Haley, Haley has it. It was on like Amazon. You could buy it on Amazon, and it made all the movies into just chapters, remember? Oh, yeah, It's like an Australian, yeah, 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 yeah. like, the Australian digital versions. You could buy, like, a pack that had them as a set and as chapters chronologically. I can't find that anymore because I don't know what to Google because everything, like, everything I find is just, like, how to watch them in order. Just like, yeah, watch three after six and yeah, we get exactly. it. But <laughs> I think they were, like, hour-long chapters or something, right? 
was something like yeah even maybe like 30 minute chapters or something and we were like how do they cut the chapters i remember we asked her about it like what is the splits and where do they stop it because we were so like confused by it it's out there in some regard so it what you're saying brian is not you know far-fetched i think but and fyi just doing some quick research here it does appear that well every movie going forward will be on peacock because they don't they won't be selling the rights but it does appear that like uh Universal or whatever company owns Peacock now, I think it's Comcast. Shareholders have been yep. to- told that they will retain all rights to films uh, once their streaming rights expire elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, because they they I think everybody realized that like they messed up, like they need exclusives now, right? So, well, the I mean, I talked about this on my show, but the big mess up is drumroll, please, please, guys, a, a show I love to yes. bring up. What is it? What is it? Friends. No, come on! I think every time I podcasted with you guys, or even wrote, wrote a letter you'd about love it, love to bring up that I've never seen an episode of Yellowstone. Yellowstone, come on! Oh, yes, 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 yes. So yeah, Yellowstone um, famously is a Paramount property. Uh, it should be on Paramount Plus, but they didn't think that Paramount Plus was going to be a thing, and they didn't think that Yellowstone was going to be a thing. So they sold the rights to Peacock and Perpetuity. And that's Peacock's second most popular show after The Office. And uh, CBS slash Paramount is making zero money from it, essentially, except in, like, the first run. But no one freaking watches... What's the Paramount Network? I think it's just called Paramount Network. People stream that shit. So that's why they invented that old-timey one, 18-whatever. That's why they're trying to, like, spin... yeah. Yeah, that's why they're trying to spin off other shit, because they need to make money off their biggest hit. They usually don't sound sign movies into perpetuity. So, yeah, I can't imagine... I don't know when it's going to happen, but I would imagine in the next three years we'll get all the Fast and Furious movies on Peacock. I love streaming. Sorry. You love streaming. If there's one thing I know about you, Brian, you love streaming. (laughs) I do. One thing I noticed this time that I never really paid attention to before. I mean, I've noticed before because it's insane not to notice. But when Hobbs is in the hospital and he's lying there, his gun is just on the tray, (laughs) unholstered, pointing at the door. It's just like... It's like, come on, what are we, why, what are we doing here? And, like, eventually later, like, when he breaks out of the cast and, like, he has this gearing up montage, he, like, checks it to, like, make sure it's loaded or whatever. But, like, what, what, what are you doing? It's, uh, funny, because it's not, like, a military hospital. It's not on a base. It just seems like a regular civilian hospital. I think that that's, yeah, that's pretty terrifying. Rachel and I were just somewhere really recently, and they put up a sign that said, like, no firearms. And we were like, well, that'll stop them. You know, like, so I'm imagining the hospital being like, you're not allowed to have a gun in here. And you're like, well, we know historically, Joe, that in places of law enforcement or order or rules and order or whatever, like in a police station, when there's a sign that says no smoking, when people ask, can I smoke in here? And the guy says yes. Right. So, like, if Linda Boyd is above the rules, I think The Rock is also above the rules. That's true. That's true. (laughs) But, Brian, what is did you notice anything this new this time around? Do you have favorite moments of Furious 7? Do you have least favorite moments of Furious 7? Just. You know, we've talked to, to you a lot about the franchise, but hit us with, you know, thoughts about this movie in particular, good, bad, otherwise. Uh, yeah, okay. So here are, like, a couple moments that I want to talk about. You've talked about a lot of these on previous episodes, but I have to mention it. When I was in the theater, them going to Race Wars and seeing Hector, yes. I went ape shit in the theater. It was like, spoiler alert, Spider-Man. Well, I won't say what happens to Spider-Man, but everyone should know by now. It was that level moment for me. I'm like, yeah, Hector! So cool. I wish it was Bilkins as well, but that wouldn't make sense. Um, so I liked seeing Race Wars. Thought that was a cool deep cut. Uh, watching this today just reminded me how awesome 
Hobbs is. Like, I totally respect The Rock. I am Team Rock over Team Vin. But, I don't know. I, I watch a movie like this and just... He just commands such presence, and it's a shame that we're not going to see him again. And I truly believe we're not going to see him again in this universe. Vin Diesel's obsession with the country of my father and all my grandparents, Joe, so they can be Olympians of that country Don't as well. Don't even start choice. with fucking <laughs> cheating propaganda. It's not cheating. You Joe, are you mad about Eileen Goo, or who are you mad about? I was just wanted to just yell about nothing today as I was watching the Olympics, and they're like, here's like this girl from Canada that like um, skis for Slovenia. And I was like, what? Like, there's no way that she's like, like, what? Like, that I was like, she's Canadian. Like, she should be on the Canadian team. Like, and like, I get well, it, but yeah. at the same, and like, you know, Brian and I talked about it. I was just, it, it doesn't really affect anything. It's stupid. Well, when you attach it, when you attach the Grandpa Simpson, like the old man yells at clouds, when you throw that on, <laughs> the, on the on the tweet, like, I know that you know that you're just being annoying to be annoying. Yes, so yes. I understand that. Like, I wasn't because I really wanted serious. people when when I first said it, I was like, people might read this as like 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 racism or like you know like um nationalism or something weird and i'm like no i don't mean it like that i'm just like come on man like but it makes a lot of sense there's probably like a million people in america that would make the team and there's like 20 in slovenia that would make the team so she can actually compete for slovenia not because it's more interesting to me like when eileen goo who is like the best snowboarder or skier or whatever category she's in maybe the best in the world like she's winning gold and stuff like but competing for China rather than the U.S. You know, she lives yeah, in San Francisco, right? It's just like, uh, it's. I, I don't know. Like, I'm sure she has a reason for that. I also like, maybe because it's happening in China. I don't know, but... No, sometimes it's as simple as uh, Felix Sanchez, for example, uh, won gold medals in the hurdles for the Dominican Republic. Like, first, I think, gold medals for that country. And he, four years before that, was cut from the U.S. team, right? So he wasn't as good. But in the four years preceding, he got better. So maybe that's her situation, too. Maybe she didn't originally make that team. You can't go back and forth. That's one thing they really, really don't let you do. I think you can make, like, a one-time change. But you can't be like, oh, like, I'm on China this time, and now I'm on Canada, and I'm going back to China that time. Like, no. Like, like you, I think you can make a change once, and that's pretty much it. It might have been, like, when she was young, she didn't make the U.S. team because it was deep But, like, or at, like, 16, China would let her compete. So exactly, got an exactly. Extra run in. And then you kind of, you know, have to stick to it. Uh, but I didn't bring that up just to dig at you. I bring it up because Vin Diesel has this uh, crazy obsession with Dominican Republic. We've seen this. He's not Dominican, but he travels there a lot. He, he lives there part-time in real life. Uh, he includes it in a lot of the movies, as you've seen. But if you're a Dominican watching this movie, there's such a deep cut here. Romeo Santos plays... I don't even know this dude's name. Uh, Romeo Santos is like the top bachata star, which Dominican music, star in the world. He plays that person that they drop um, Mia off with. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. In his like castle complex there in a town called Monte Cristi, which is like also a deep cut town. Like Only really Dominican people know that town, right? Like It's not like Punta Cana or something. So I just find it fascinating that like Vin Diesel's so entrenched in the dominican culture that he puts like a deep cut like this in the film it's cool for you right like when you see it you have to be like amped 
No, I'm amped. I'm amped. I'm definitely amped. I'm, I'm not one who's like, oh, you know, he's appropriating that culture. Like, no. And also, Michelle Rodriguez is Dominican, so, like, it's not like it's that removed from the movie. I don't know if... I don't know if Letty is Dominican. They don't make that clear, or of Dominican extraction somehow. But she is, and he he pays a lot of respect to it. Um, so yeah, it is cool. But I'm more like, whoa, deep cut this dude. I'm glad to hear that because last time when we talked about Tokyo Drift, and we've talked about this with Nico and Cabo before too, is that I don't want to say these movies appropriate culture or appropriate locations, but it feels like it's a tourist sort of a high level view. Like, it's not really New York in Fate of the Furies. It's not really Tokyo in Tokyo Drift. Like, it's like, yeah, we're in the town, we're in the place, but it doesn't really feel like it how it normally would. So to know that they do it right with Dominican Republic, is it's cool. Like, that's a, that's well, a nice thing. Like, I'm glad. I wouldn't say, like, you know, you're getting a realistic view of it, but I would say it's more realer than other places because, again, he spent time there, right? But it's just cool to be... Among all these other worldly places, right? Like, yeah, you're still involved. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, so that, that, that's the cool aspect of it. And again, on a not-just-brush-through level. So yeah, I, I agree, Joey. It's cool to see, at least here. Uh, I can only speak for them. And I don't speak for all Dominicans, obviously. I was born in America, and, you know. But my grandparents, though, Joe, were born. <laughs> 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 so you never know. You have a point, though, dude. You should guys should start a fucking curling team. I mean, that's the one sport that at this point... I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that. But at this point, like... It if you seem adopt like... a sport at 30 that you're yes. going to go yes. pro in, curling is your best option, <laughs> I would say. Yes. Yes, it doesn't I seem agree. like age is a big factor in curling. So, yes, that would yeah. be the sport. Joe, have we talked about the Italian job, the OG Italian job connection in this movie with the dangling bus? Like, it's a different type of dangling bus. We have. We covered the Italian job on here. We we talked about that. Yeah, when we talked about the Italian job, we were like, oh, that's very similar to Brian and Seven with the dangling bus type situation. Have we talked about Ronda Rousey's character name? Do you know what her character name is? I don't know if they say it. They might say Ugh. it. I looked it up on IMDb. No. I'm like, is she just playing Ronda? Like, she could. She might as well just be playing Ronda Rousey, right? Like, as yeah. private security. Yeah. Do either of you know Ronda Rousey's character name in this movie? I do not. What is I it? do not. She was big in my notes, though, so. Kara. K-A-R-A. So not like Kara Gale or Regan, different spelling, but K-A-R-A. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She might as well be playing just Ronda Rousey. Like, she's just playing muscle, security, whatever, but, like, to give her a name, okay, cool. But, like, I don't I don't know if they ever say her name. They might. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's probably just in the credits or something. I can't imagine that they're, like, actually saying this. When was, uh, what's her name? Uh, the other UFC fighter who's in this franchise? Uh, she was... Gina Carano. Gina Carano. The canceled Gina Carano. The canceled Gina Carano. They, I feel like they gave her a lot more to do. <laughs> And Ronda Rousey. Well, when you see Ronda Rousey deliver lines. Yeah, okay. I agree with you completely. And But her fight scene is really, really good with Michelle Rodriguez. I think it's one of my favorite fight scenes in the entire franchise. But I remember around this time, people were so hyped for Ronda Rousey like acting. There was like a rumored uh, Roadhouse remake with her Ooh. and stuff like that. And a couple other things. And there's a little bit... You said it, I didn't, but I agree. Like I'm not sure how good she is with that natural those natural acting chops. It's just funny that she was so, so hot at the time. Well, this is a, around, I think this is probably the same year as the Entourage movie. Oh, yeah. Which, 
she also she plays herself but turtles like hey you know i want to go on a date with you and she's like if you can stand 30 seconds in the ring with me or whatever i'll go on a date and like he doesn't <laughs> but they still go out i think that's the premise of that scene i don't know is anyone from entourage in the fast and furious verse none not the big four not piven not lloyd i don't even think like cameo wise right I, I just feel like there's like people who originally liked this franchise probably also originally liked entourage and that's not like a diss at all it's just like no no i think and like you know we we talk a lot about trying to figure out who else they could add to the franchise i don't think he would fit i think he's also doing his own thing but like it wouldn't be crazy although maybe he's a little bit too old now for mark Wahlberg to show up and Wahlberg is the inspiration for entourage right so yeah he just was doing his presser for like whatever what um the video game movie i saw him like all last week he was on everything because he was doing this junket what's the movie Uncharted. Oh yeah, yeah. The only I guess I guess the only connection would be Ronda Rousey, right? <laughs> because you mentioned it, but yeah. even l- looking on here, I don't see anyone who. Oh man, I don't know. Just again, it just feels like it matches testosterone, but different levels. Yeah, you're not wrong. We could talk about the ending whenever. Very emotional, but before that, one of my favorite like rock moments in his life <laughs> is breaking that cast at the hospital. Oh fuck yeah. Just That's like, like the Ugh. coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was very cool, yeah. And it's it's straight out of a wrestling promo too, right? Like this is this is when um what? Uh what's his name? Like was it Bret Hart that did it or Sean with Shawn Michaels. It was Michaels, with Triple H. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels when he had the fake or it was Triple H did it too when they had like the fake like wheelchair in the cast and oh, he, yeah, like yeah. moves his leg out like because uh, <laughs> it's not really in a cast. <laughs> Brian, you have any other notes? Any other thoughts about Fury 7? I remember talking with the Foodie Films man, Kyle Reinfried, about this movie, and he, he has a love-hate relationship with the franchise. How much of that hate is because of au pairs? <laughs> partially, partially. Uh, you know, Joey, being at, you know, with with a lot of those guys at Ramapo, a lot of them really, really love film. And coming out of college when you're 20, if you love something, you think you know everything about it, right? Like, you're such a little asshole. Like, with anything, not just film. Like, it just if you feel like you're an expert on something because you went to school for it, those early t- 20s, you're a dick. And... <laughs> The Fast and Furious franchise to Kyle at the time was definitely, like, lowbrow for what he was into, you know. Now, he's definitely not like that. Now, he's, that's not how he operates. But this is the dude, who, like, at the time, he would watch every trailer that came out, take notes on trailers, you know, get really excited for film and the Oscars and things like that. And Fast Five is not that. It, cre- it pleases the crowd, and that's great. And that's uh, the movie that pissed him off that now he really loves. So he's transformed as well. But this one, I remember speaking to him after he saw it. And he's like, it's really great. That ending was really emotional. Why not just end it here? He's like, that's the perfect ending for this franchise. Do we need more films? Because they just sent it off in the most beautiful way possible. He has a good argument. I was going to say, obviously you guys don't agree, but I feel like he has a point. No, I... I I mean, I don't disagree. I personally always want more. I think that what they're doing in 8, 9, and Hobbs and Shaw are good. It's going to have to come down to how they end it in 10, right? Like, is the ending in 10 going to be better than how they ended this one? I don't know if you could top it. 
Well, I, I know that they have said behind the scenes that when Paul died, they didn't even know if they should finish seven. If they're like, why, why even go on? Like, we just can't, like, I feel it's disrespectful or whatever. They decide to keep going. And then famously, Dom has, or Vin has said, I can't even get that straight. Vin has said that Furious 7 is for Paul and Fate of the Furious is from Paul, right? So, like, it's it, it moves on. I think it's not really a surprise that 8 is one of the lesser films in the franchise, that one that people like less, that was critically received less, that still made over a billion dollars, I think, right? But, like... How do you re? How do you reorient your franchise after your star dies? It's hard. So I don't want to be that guy who listens to a lot of podcasts and starts copying those podcasts. I'm no, but I'm kidding. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is gonna you be have to hard beep edit. that one, Joey. You have to just beep that one. You can't cut it. You just have to beep. It. Oh God. <laughs> No, but I don't want to be that guy who listens to a podcast and starts parroting it. Like, I have to, sometimes I have to stop myself from from doing that because you're just, like, in the mode. But I listen to Bill Simmons a lot, and especially, like, not his, like, regular shows, but, like, his shows where he really explores, like, basketball history. Yeah. He has this category called Apex Mountain. And basically, in a basketball player's career, in a team's longevity, where was the apex of that right like sure okay like like you know it doesn't mean that it was all downhill from there like you know to the bottom it's just like where's the top of no, the fashion but just like what was mountain? the top yeah yeah and you could argue that this might be apex the apex of the entire franchise it's either this or five yeah five five is uh, like so good it's so and even revisiting five now anytime it's on it's so rewatchable it's Probably, yep. not even probably, it's definitely the most rewatchable of the entire franchise. So you could make a great argument for five. But if it wasn't going to be five, again, it, it, like I said, it might be this. I don't know. We had someone on recently, this lap, and I don't remember who it was, but it might have been Dan Cologne of The Monsters That Made Us, featured in Variety, where he said <laughs> that when he watched five and six back to back, he didn't like six. It made me think for the first time, like, and we talked about it on that episode, that six might feel it could feel like a knockoff of five in a way like it's a less good version of five yeah 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 joe and i both love six like i think it's both in our top four maybe and yeah, gonna, yeah at the end of this lap we're gonna listeners stay tuned because joe will actually have to give real rankings i will this is a, dreading it. a multiple of five i know it's I, I thought about it again today i'm like ooh, so exciting that's a, it's a rule that you made up that's not even my <laughs> rule it's just like your rule so but like I never thought about because like I think most people love six, but if you watch five and then you watch six, it's like yeah, six is kind of like a less good version of five, and then seven, seven kind of rebounds. I I do wonder, like I, I, seven is the one, and I think it was your girl Kate Hudson who like kind of fucked us up on seven, because I think that seven it's not at all the movie that they wanted to make, obviously, mm-hmm. and it feels like a couple movies, and I think they they stick the landing, but. Seven is the hardest one for me to place of all the movies in my rankings. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It often gives me a lot of trouble, too. Do you think that maybe we get to the top of the mountain in five and we're sort of just because they do have a similar formula? Maybe we're just cruising at the top of the mountain, you know? We're not going down that much. We plateau. Yeah, we plateau a little bit. We're just chilling and we start the descent. With this ending, maybe. Not the descent to, to badness again, because there's still a lot of great things that happen after this, but... 
You're just saying the apex, the apex mountain. I get it. Yeah, but I think the st- like the start of this apex, maybe the tippy top is five. I still think we're t- we're towards the top of that mountain here. No, they could blow us out of the water with ten. It could be amazing, but it's also the end of things. And you know what's funny, right? Like Vin had this plan for ten whenever it came to be, and if five is the apex, pretty solid, uh, you know, spacing there, Vin. So good for you. I do wonder, and I don't think this is fair to the memory of Paul Walker, but I wonder if Paul had lived, if seven would be better or worse. Ooh, that's an interesting thought that I don't, I haven't thought about before. I think you could argue both, right? We, we obviously yeah. don't yeah. know, but there's a chance that it's better because it completes the story they wanted to tell. But what if that story was uh, I, just like lesser or just like the same as six, you know? Six, Dan Cologne or whoever said it. Uh, says that six is worse because he watched five like right before, right? Right. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's just more of the same. So standalone, it's fine. But just like after six and five, that it's just like here's another heist thing. They are making an effort to add new characters, which is awesome. And these characters will go on to be really major characters in the rest of the film. That was an added post Paul Walker, right? What? Uh like Mister Nobody and no, right? We don't know, and but I but. When he did die, I remember the movie was, like, almost done. Yeah, I, th- I think it was almost done. I think it was largely done. They had to redo things. They had to, they had to CGI him in. It just feels like... And we've talked about that because we talked about this movie ten times in this show and then also on Nate's show once. And so, like, we've, we've talked about this movie a lot. And it feels like the Mosey Jaconda stuff does not belong. Because the, the main antagonist in this movie, this should just be Deckard versus the family. And the Mosey Jaconda stuff adds this whole layer. And then you have the whole Paul Walker send off. And like, there's just a lot going on here that doesn't quite gel together. It kind of does and it kind of doesn't. And it also sets up like, you know, Mia being pregnant and like, would would that have been Letty being pregnant or Elena being pregnant? Who knows, right? Like, it just, there's a lot of things that like kind of get reworked or I don't know. Both in, in this movie and in the next movie, too. I do think that this movie gets a giant pass from the fandom because of the emotional circumstances of the end. And I think that it sometimes it's hard for a lot of people to talk about this movie critically because it's ultimately linked to Paul Walker's death. So if you criticize any parts of the movie, you might be, you know, degrading the character or Paul right. Walker. And and that's why a lot of times we get rankings and people have seven really, really high. And I get that it it does mean a lot to a lot of people. But is it because it's a better movie than some of the other ones? Or is it because you have an emotional I think attachment? it's hard to separate the emotion. I, I think it's that. Yeah, I think it's very, very hard. And that's why I'm like... And it makes me wonder, like, if Paul Walker... Okay, so then, if Paul Walker is in this, like, where does this movie rank? Like, he doesn't die in the middle of filming... So we have, like, we cut the end scene where he drives off in the car. Where does this movie rank then? I think it's lower. Much, right? I think, Brian, to your Apex point, I think, and why you'd say this is so, five is so rewatchable, is I think that, like, after the fifth movie, the plots become complicated. Like, almost overly complicated, where it's like, okay, so six, we have this the scene on the bridge, and then, like, it was going to be, like, literally the final sequence was supposed to be from another movie that they jammed two movies together so they have the bridge scene and they have the the runway scene right and then here kind of feels like two different things and eight is like a whole weird thing with dom against the family i think why five is so rewatchable is because it's simple and so i think if you're looking at it like objectively in terms of like what's the best made movies 
it might be like five and then four and then like three and one. I don't know. Like, I think that in terms of like actual storytelling, instead of just like giving us what we want, the first, the best movies are all in the first five. And then movies like this are like lower. And it's just, it's hard, it's hard to separate everything, I think, because we're so, we're also way too close to this. But I think you're right, Joe. I think it's lower. I think it's, it's not like down like two, four, eight area in terms of popularity, but I think it's like, bottom of the middle third or however you want to however you want to use your wording yeah yeah exactly but i i just think uh to kind of agree with you joey that i don't know if it's even possible to do that exercise and separate pop culture from this series i feel like from four on anyone who's listened to my show knows that when i say fan service i don't mean that as a dirty word there's a lot of fan service for the rest of the series people are brought back because the fans want them back and again it's not always a bad it's a good thing it's like awesome to see that so the way that it interacts with what happens in the real world is a big part of this entire franchise and paul walker's death like it's just inseparable from this movie as well as the ending like if this is a disaster when it happens it happened to bruce lee it happened happened to his son unfortunately you know it's happened in a couple different cases and it's not always handled well there's the with the Heath Ledger one, right? This might be the best handling of one of your leads dying in the middle of the movie and continuing it. That and that's what I meant by the apex, and I think that's what Kyle was talking about too. Maybe yes, as a movie, no, but as a scene, as a moment, would have totally been okay if they just retired at that point. Well, I think the 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 for many fans, I think the thing that you think about when you think about the franchise, is probably the see you again, either song or moment or scene. It's right? your like theme. It's, just, it's your theme, right? Uh, not anymore. It hasn't been for like a hundred I know. Episodes. But it was, it, it was your theme at one point. It was. Yeah. It's, it's your not free rights theme. Yes. Before we're like, hey, let's not get copyright flags on YouTube. Like, let's ask somebody. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so Nico may be opening. So I'm glad you bring that up, though, Joey. I do want to make a note on that. In terms of musical moments in the franchise, it's funny because you brought up five. Well, okay, I'll just give it to you. What are your top musical moments in the franchise? It has to be this. See you again, right? It has to be Dance of Kuduro. Yes. Tokyo Drift, maybe? Yeah, a bunch from Tokyo Drift. Yeah, I would say, like, the the Tokyo Drift theme going into the Los Bandoleros, like how they mix it in and then he shows up, uh, Vin shows up, you know? That's a really cool musical moment. Anything else? We've talked about this. We haven't talked about this in a while, though, so I don't remember our answers, but I think... I do think the time in a bottle to open Hobbs and Shaw is not as iconic as those, but I think it's perfect for that scene. It's great. Hobbs it's and great. Shaw has one of the most underrated soundtracks in the franchise, and it's something that I come back to a lot. Like, I listen to the Hobbs and Shaw soundtrack because <laughs> I think it's so fucking good. It is really good. Uh, I mean, this is a personal one for me, but I know people don't agree. Like, uh, ending with Joe Budden in Too Fast, Too Furious. He's in, he's in it twice. Them walking off just like, like G's is awesome to me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm 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 blanking on the name of the song now, but in the first movie when there's the SWAT raid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that really like hard I forgot that band. Dope, Debonair, yes. Yeah. Where it's and that's also when Dom and Letty are having sex in the yeah, garage yeah. and Brian's doing the thing and like there's the Johnny Trans slap. Like that's a great just a cool, like dirty kind of metal song that like the franchise sort of abandons but like works so well or i don't again i, I don't know if it works so well or it's just like that ju- it just works in that scene and we just love it you know what i mean like it just fits because that's a great scene that we love and that we dissected and whatever but i think that's a great great thing 
Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and we get it since we go back to Tokyo. We get it replayed here, but also the opening that opening song in Tokyo Drift. I don't know the name. But you know what I'm talking about? Where it's just like plays with Ba with the Ba's, like one of the first ones. Oh no 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 no. Oh, no, that's yeah, not yeah, the one yeah. I'm talking about. No, it's DJ Shadow. Um, two it's like, dun, two dun, weeks. Dun, dun. I forgot the name. Yeah but, you yeah. Know, yeah. Like, it's only Sunday. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Only Sunday. Yeah, exactly. And that six days. Six days. Sorry. It's it's two weeks minus eight days. You're close. Yeah. <laughs> I do love DJ Shadow too. Are you a fan of DJ Shadow, Brian? I'm not gonna say I'm not a fan, but I'm just not aware of his oeuvre oh, or okay. her oeuvre. It's his. <laughs> it feels like to introducing. Yeah, it feels like a, it feels like something that like you would like for some reason. I don't know why. Because Brian's a man of refined tastes. <laughs> it's yeah that that's probably one of my favorite albums of all time but i but like dj shadow just it has like a like a I, I don't know just has some kind of vibe that like i'm like oh i think brian would like this oh looking him up now yeah introducing that whole album just play the album straight through like that's what you joe do you have any other notes any other thoughts about fury 7 um this was the first time that i noticed at that party that the girls were painted gold uh that shows you how close that i paid attention to the background in this movie obviously we haven't done the minute yet and even as like they open that scene oh, yeah. with like a close above the woman painted in gold oh yeah multiple times the whole yeah. scene and this yeah. is the first time i've actually i was like oh they're painted gold that's interesting so uh when i was watching it this time i was actually like hyper focused on that that scene just because i was like oh like once i noticed that i didn't notice that the girls were gold before i was like what else haven't i noticed and there was just a lot. So it was like watching it for the first time again. And I felt really good <laughs> that, you know, even on lap 10, there's a scene that like I totally remember because I remember all of the, you know, what karaoke song would you sing and and uh, T-Pain being in it. I remember all of T-Pain, those yeah. I, I also don't remember. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> good, yeah. What a party. Brian, do you have any other notes, any other thoughts? Or, or Joe, other than watching this movie apparently for the first time, do you have any other thoughts or notes from this movie? Uh, no, I was mo- mainly focusing on who do I want to see siblings of, and I already told you all of my sibling ideas, and I thought they were good. So I'm proud of myself. Two pats on my own back. Thank you, sir. Cool. Brian, any other thoughts, or do you want to play a couple games, or a game? Back to this party. Uh, crazy party, the buildings. I mean, that was... Is it known if Abu Dhabi, or the Emirates in general, paid... Like, help finance the movie to be so featured like this? Ooh, that's a good question, because we just saw all those Zeph commercials that he did for, what, Emirates, like Air Emirates, right, Joey? Yeah, yeah. So you're right. They might have given them some money for this, huh? It is an exotic location. They go to exotic locations, especially in this. They're bouncing around like spy racers, am I right, guys? But... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But... You know, it, it feels like they park here, no pun intended, and they're really, like, showing a lot of shit in Abu Dhabi. I don't mean shit in a negative way, I mean in a positive way. That they're just really featuring this place, so wouldn't shock me if they help finance. As, and as we know, Abu Dhabi and Dubai, you know, the Emirates in general, they do finance a lot of Hollywood productions, so it wouldn't shock me is what I'm saying. I, I would not be, I would never doubt corporate synergy in this franchise or any major tentpole franchise even if they just comped everything while they were there that's still huge for a movie you know yeah fair enough yeah any other notes brian i'll get to some stuff when i do my plugs but i'm good you know i really actually enjoyed this watch it was it's always emotional that ending 
great, great song, great moment. And yeah, I mean, that's really the best part of the movie. Well, it's time to get to the best part of the show, which is this Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy Do We Have a Podcast for You. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. So this is where we go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app, and we find any tweet from anybody we don't know, and we respond to them from the Too Fast, Too Forever account, try to get them to watch, well, not watch the movies, but listen to the show because they're watching the movies or something. We'll find out what, we, what we're finding. And, you know, there's a scoring system, and it's very difficult uh, because nobody ever actually engages with us usually. So I was looking, Brian, do you, do you know how many points you have? I don't think I've ever. Game? I don't think I've ever scored a point. Zero points. Grand total of zero points. You are one hundred percent correct. You have never scored a point in this very, very difficult game. Even when Joe and I have played on my show for Twilight, no one has ever scored a point there too. So maybe I'm just unlucky. Yeah, it's also just really hard, and it shouldn't be hard, but it's hard. So you know, it is what it is. But before we do this episode, we're going to review last episode's tweets. I found Morgan at X Morgan Newell saying, how come I never see you drift? And I chose Morgan because Morgan in her bio says, because you never ask. <laughs> and also it was like living my life a quarter mile at a time. So she changed her bio from a Fast and Furious quote to a different Fast and Furious quote. We responded because you never ask and she didn't engage. What of a podcast for you? No, no, of course not. Because Morgan, I cannot be more explicit. Your family, you love the Fast and Furious. Give us a shot. You don't care. So zero points for me, of course. Joe, you found Meatball Shorty at Shibuya Dreams, who had a whole tweet as they rewatched the Fast and Furious movies leading up to F9. And then Meatball Shorty said, wait, so in Tokyo Drift, Sean's dad keeps saying how he thought Sean was supposed to arrive on the 7th, which is the day he shows up and he's surprised he's there and tells him how he would have picked him up. But then in the second tweet, but your mom said the 7th and we're a day ahead here in Japan. So then shouldn't he have been wondering why his son wasn't at the airport the day before? And then it's a meme of someone trying to do math in their head. And we said, you have no idea how often we've tried to figure this out and still makes no sense. We even asked the actress who plays Sean's mom, and she doesn't know. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. We linked to the Linda Boyd interview. And Joe, as you told me so celebratorily last Wednesday night or last Thursday night, whenever, Meatball Shorty liked the tweet. So Joe gets one point. Thank you, finally. I would like to thank God. I would like to thank uh, everyone that made this possible. I appreciate you couldn't have done it without you guys. Thank you. We had Reed Vanier on from the Dr. DC podcast, Angela at Norse Nerd, me and Amanda after Fast 6 when they showed the clip of Han's quote-unquote death in Tokyo Drift and realizing Tokyo Drift actually happened after 5 and 6. And it's Sam Jackson going, hmm. And we said, just wait till you get through all of them because there's another surprise in store. Then after you finish watching them all, listen to us because boy, do we have a podcast for you. It got a like, but it got a like from Reed, who, you know, found that tweet. So no points for Reed. Sorry, Reed. Goose egg on the board. Joe, did you find a tweet this week? Did you find a tweet I for this did, episode? I did. I did. Here, hold on. I have one here. I have, like, a good one, but I also had some ones that were pretty funny. This is Addy at Goose Me. Am I? Okay. So maybe Goose Michigan. Watching a video where they said Tokyo Drift is the worst Fast and the Furious movie, but all the comments are like, it's actually my favorite Fast and the Furious movie. I have found my people. Um, I would like to respond. We also love Tokyo Drift. Trust, uh, trust me, there's a lot more of your people here. Come home with, like, two hands, like, give it to me, baby. Like the, like the um, scene from... 
from Chappelle's show where Prince is like beckoning them kind of and be like, boy, do we have a podcast for you? We also love Tokyo Drift. Trust me or trust us. There's a lot more of your people here. Come home. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. And it's the, the gif of him saying, baby, come give it to me. Perfect. Thank you. Brian, did you find a tweet? Yes. Yes. Um, give it to me, baby. Well, as you know, I, <laughs> I usually play for charity as well. So, Okay. Truly. Yeah. Here is my tweet for myself. No, we'll play this one for charity. Okay. Oh. I don't really. Okay. So it is by Johnny underscore Dev. That's this is this is wonderful, Brian. This is this is a <laughs> okay. Great tweet. Uh, you can try to explain it because I've avoided the Wordle craze, but it says Wordle two 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 five out of six, and it shows it right. shows his Wordle thing, right? Yep. And then it's in Spanish. <laughs> I don't have I don't speak good Spanish, but I know what it means. The scene in Fast and Furious 7 in Abu Dhabi where Toretto and O'Connor jump a lake in hypersport from one skyscraper to yes, another. Yes, I was going to read it in Spanish, but yes. <laughs> read in Spanish. Read in Spanish. No, you, you got me off the hook, which is nice. So, uh, Joey, you're going to write... Are we are we doing it in Spanish? Yeah, are we yeah, yeah. In Spanish? Chico, nosotros tenemos un, pod, un podcast para ti. Okay. Just boy, do we have a podcast for you? Yeah. In Spanish? Yes. Perfect. Boy, we have a podcast for you. Because like that, there's no real direct translation. Like, do we have a podcast for you? Because that's more of a question. You know, it's just kind of a way we say things in English. Yeah. So that one is that one for charity, or is that the that real one, one is for charity? Okay. My real one. What was the wordle? Like, what was the wordle that was it like? It's you. Can, you can look. I just retweeted it. It's two green. Like he got the fo- the fifth, the fourth letter right, and then so it's like the vertical, like a taller tower, and then a shorter tower, and there's a yellow dot in the middle. And so he's going from the one tower to the other tower. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Now I, it's the design of yeah. how the words. Yeah. I, I thought that he was referencing like, oh, whatever the like word was of the day. No, was this. no, I don't remember what Wordle two two two. I should have, exp- yeah. I should have explained that better. But yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Got it. Makes a lot of sense. I don't know Wordle enough, so I don't know like the terminology. But I guess yeah, it's just a picture of that. If you just search Wordle 222, the first thing that comes up is from at, 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 star, at 222XEN. Notice how all the hot bitches don't tweet that Wordle game and has 84 retweets. Oh. So. It, oh, so just to be clear, every word, everyone's Wordle is the same? The day, yes. On, on any given day, the word is always the same. Okay. Interesting. Did you guys see the tweet that was like, I gave my conservative Fox News mom Wordle? And found like a Wordle website for her, and now she doesn't watch Fox News anymore. <laughs> and she's become like a much better person because all she does is play Wordle now. And so she just texts me about bitching about Wordle and not being able to figure it out or getting them right, as opposed to texting me about like you know lizard monsters and <laughs> stuff like that. Wordle may change the world. I think it already has. Yeah. And and are you ranked in your score for Wordle like in the world? Nope. Okay. You know when you said simple was maybe better for the Fast and Furious movies. For things like Wordle, I think that simplicity is what made it take off. So, yep. no, for sure, because it's it's one a day, and everybody is the same, and it's just it's simple and it's pure. This is the tweet I'm playing for myself. It's a it's a retweet by underscore Kunmi Buzzer is his name, and it has a picture uh, of a Looper article that says Black Widow versus Wonder Woman, who will win? And he comments, Black Widow can. Cannot even beat Ronda Rousey. Hell, she can't even beat Vin Diesel's girlfriend from The Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> and it has like a that laughy, sweaty emoji. What do you want to say to Boozor? I don't know. What do you guys think? I am so bad at these. 
clearly you have zero points. <laughs> well, I'm so bad at like the reply part, though. Even she can't even beat Vin Diesel. I would say she has a name, and it's Letty. Well, you want to shame this person into like? <laughs> yeah, I would. I wouldn't take that approach. Ugh. Go ahead. Here's what I'm gonna say. Okay. We're hoping that death can't even beat her. Something along the lines of like Gal's gonna come back. Widow doesn't even have a chance because not even death can keep. We we hope that not even death can keep Gal down or something like that. Like, yeah. Black Widow cannot even beat Ronda Rousey. Hell, she can't even beat Vin Diesel's girlfriend from Fast and Furious. Has Scarlett Johansson and Michelle Rodriguez been in the same movie? That's what I was trying to figure out as well. I don't really understand. I think he just might mean in general. <laughs> Let's see. Scar. Uh, I can hear you typing and looking for it. Scarlett Johansson. Mark Ruffalo took a picture with both of them at the 2002 Spirit Awards. I don't think they've been in a movie together. Yeah, I don't think so either. Not off the top of my head, at least. Well, maybe he's just fantasy booking. I don't know. So... I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say Widow doesn't stand a chance because Wonder Woman also has the power of hashtag family. There we go. Does he think that Ronda Rousey plays... uh... Don't know, man. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that was fun, guys. Hold on. I got to play. No, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, kidding. I'm between two. I'm trying to figure out which one of these two that I want to do. Maybe I just retweet one and just respond to here. So here's the two. And then, Joe, I like your pick on which one I want to do. So I have here from Jordy and then the, the plant to the leaf emoji, Euphoria Spoilers, at Collars Arcane on Twitter, saying, Watching Fast and Furious 7 with my family, and I'm trying to psych myself up not to cry at the end of credits. And there's a picture from MS Paint that either they drew or they found online. And there's a house, and there's an arrow that says home, and then there's an X, and it says where this tweet hits, and then there's a little arrow in between that just says very close. So this tweet hits close to home. Okay. And I just, I love that. There's also, similarly, Jacob Dirk at Jacob Dirk 38. The moment in Furious 7 was more than just Brian saying goodbye to Dom. It was all of us saying goodbye to Paul. And then there's a picture, there's, another, there's a meme, it says where girls cried, and it's Jack and Rose at the end of Titanic, and then it's where boys cried, and it's the end of Brian, with Brian and Dom at the end of Furious 7. Yeah, I think we've we've had something similar to that one. Or at least I I've like retweeted it once, or like somebody else made a very similar... I'm gonna, so I'm gonna, re, I'm gonna like and retweet both. I'm not gonna respond to Jacob Dirk. I'm gonna respond to Jordy, and I'm gonna just say this is, this is gonna get messy, but I'm gonna say something along the lines of like In Dune, we learn the spice must flow. If Fast and Furious has taught us anything, it's that the tears must flow. It doesn't make sense. They don't reference Dune at all, but I just have in my head the spice must flow all the time, basically. So, Yeah, I like it. In Dune, we learn that the spice must flow. In Furious 7, we learn that the tears must flow. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Bingo, bango. I mean, I don't know why we're overthinking this ever, because it never works. It never matters. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it really doesn't, to be honest. Nothing is real. Nope. Nothing is real. But Brian, what was real was you joining us here for this episode. Thank you for joining us for Furious 7. You'll be back on Sunday for Friday Night Lights, Patreon-exclusive episode if you're not. So again, I'll rehash our promo for the back half of February. Join the Patreon at $5 a month or above, and Brian and I combined will send you a copy of the DVD, a DVD, any of the DVDs in this this franchise, signed with the stickers and the handwritten notes. 
and then also get access to this Friday Night Lights bonus episode that we released just two days ago on the Patreon feed. But Brian, thank you for being here. What would you like to plug? Where can people find you and your projects online? Well, a future appearance as well on the Patreon. Uh, I don't, you know, uh, that's a secret movie, but it's a sexually charged movie and I can't wait to talk about it. So definitely be a patron. You're going to want to hear a movie that I've acquiesced the boys to letting me be on. Um, so definitely, definitely be a patron of this show. Get your signed DVD. Um, check out High School Slumber Party. We have a bunch of cool stuff happening every, you know, mostly twice a week. Probably going to be twice a week now because Joey reverse guilted me into that. So Mondays and Fridays, check it out. Um, also, P.S. I Love Hoffman. Those episodes are still there with the fo- Foodie Films man, my co-host Kyle Reinfried. That show might come out this year. Who knows? And, oh, oh, I teased it on your Patreon episode that comes out later, but, Joe, you know this, but Joey. End of March, beginning of April, where are you going to be? You're going to be in a fast city annoying me or something. Yes, my brother. My brother has his bachelor party in Miami, the home of Too Fast, Too Furious. And every time Danza Kuduro plays, I will be putting it in our group chat and letting you know wherever we may be. Maybe I'll take a photo of myself as well. Maybe I won't. Maybe you should just record record a video, don't put yourself in it, and then just send it to us on Twitter from High School Summer Party. <laughs> I could do that. I was even thinking of dressing like Brian. You know how Brian's like really long t-shirt in... The West Coast Choppers one? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was thinking of dressing like that in Miami. I, these are guys who I don't know if they watch Fast and Furious movies. They're a little bit younger... But they're like pretty professional doctors, lawyers, people like that. I'm not saying those people can't watch the Fast and Furious movies. I just don't know if they do. Was thinking of just playing the oh shit, it's Brian sound clip when I walked into the rooms. You know, when walking to the club maybe. I don't know. But Joey, you'll be bothered with all my Miami travel things and everything related to Too Fast, Too Furious. So hope, hope you share it on the air. Perfect. We we absolutely will. Have a great time. I mean, that's in a month and a half or two months. So I'll talk to you before then. I'll talk to you probably tomorrow or tonight, you know, but have a great time in Miami, Brian. Thank you for joining us once again. Joe, next week we have a big endeavor. It's not a big endeavor. It's a, it's a medium-sized endeavor that we're kicking off a three-parter with maybe aforementioned, maybe not. I don't remember what I cut out. This episode is going to be wild to edit. We are kicking off a three-part mini-series about the Transporter films. Ooh, I'm excited. I've never seen any of them. Have you seen any Not of them? Not one. Nope. Whoa, really? Sorry. I just expected you guys to have seen those films. No, we're 0 for 6. Because it, it got to a point where I'm just like, I think, like, Joe probably is like, I should have seen it. But, like, I knew we were going to cover it for the podcast yep. eventually. So. Yep. so we are going to do next Tuesday the Transporter on the main feed. And then, as a Patreon bonus episode, we are going to do the Transporter 2 and then on the 3rd of March, we're going to cover the Transporter 3 on Mike's show, Third Time's Charm. So kind of three different locations, or just two if you if you subscribe to our Patreon. But the Transporter 1, 2, and 3 on the main feed, our Patreon feed, and Third Time's. So I don't know if Mike's seen any of these either. I guess we'll find out soon enough. But three Transporter episodes coming at you with the Mikester, resident historian Mike Manzi. I'm excited. I think they're good. I, I, People love them. They really do. They have like a, They have a big following, for sure. They can't be that bad if there's three of them, right? Like, the third <laughs> one might be bad. I don't know. But, like, the first one has to be pretty good if there's three of them, right? Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. So, coming up next week, The Transporter, and then The Transporter 2 and The Transporter 3, 
all over the place, food all over the place, transporters all over the place, but for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page with bonus offers, apparently, at TooFastTooForever.com and our store, too fast you ever got shop just google no knees denise google image and it'll take you there <laughs> come back on sunday for our patreon bonus episode of friday night lights for the super bowl and then next week for the transport i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and i'm brian rodriguez and we'll tell you all about it when we see you